back to the Honored Ones podcast. And uh, honestly, a pretty special episode because we're finally doing the, the Bleach episode, an episode that we alluded to for, I think since the beginning, for like six weeks at this point. Like, we've been saying we we're going to be doing this for a long time, and we're finally ready to do it. So with uh, the Bleach trailer coming out, uh, by the time we're recording this, like a couple of days ago, um, but by the time you guys see this like a week ago, I think it was just a very topical thing to do. So, you know. Yeah, man. And now that we both have our Bleach videos up, I guess there's only one thing we have to talk about, and that's who made the better video. Now, listen, I don't want to vote for myself right off the bat. I know it's the obvious choice. I know it all. that's what all of our listeners think. Of course. But I just want to... What was that? Said, of course, of course. Uh, I, yeah, okay. Just making sure. I, I, I thought something got scrambled there in the mic. Must have been technical difficulties on my end. My bad. So, yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what I thought of yours. You tell me what you thought of mine. Wait. Did you... Wait, hold on. So tell me what, what, give you my thoughts on your video? Yeah, and I'll give you my um, thoughts on your video. Because um, your video felt like a passive response to mine in more ways than one. Yeah, I didn't, um, I didn't watch your video until after I published mine. But I will say my general thoughts are, you know, it was a well put together video for sure. Um, I think you were relatively concise in what you had to say. Um, I agree on a couple, if not a lot of things you said in terms of like, wow. stuff. Like, you know um let's see that's uh, we'll obviously get way more than expected i guess we'll, we'll, we'll kind of talk about it as it comes up i definitely agreed with some of the stuff you said but there are some things i was definitely like yeah we're gonna talk about this on the on the bleach episode for <laughs> sure so you know there's that but um yeah it was right. it was definitely a good video whether or not i disagreed with the points i mean i really appreciate that and um the same goes for your video i, I had a lot of moments of agreement and then some stuff that i was like it, it made me do a double take like uh just to get into the details right you said this one thing about um aizen being a buddhist symbol and that's like a reason he should be uh goaded in terms of character as like meruem i don't want to say pain because i don't watch mid but you know a different equally good well-written character but no no tagashi is the best manga to ever hold a pen so <clears throat> comparing him wouldn't be fair. God, Naruto fans must have it so easy. Pain is so Just... much better than Meruem. It's not even funny, but it's whatever. All right, we're, we're, we're getting off topic. These <clears throat> d different episodes. That's true, that's true. <laughs> In and of themselves. So yeah, um, I, w I want a little bit more, uh, not explanation, but I'm, I'm curious what this whole Aizen Buddhist symbol is, because I think you're right. Aizen is an underrated villain. I just don't necessarily agree for the reason you chose. So I just want to like tell you what I like love and see about Aizen, sure. uh, but I just want you to explain the Buddhist thing first. So uh, well, lay it on me. Here's the thing. Um, maybe because a lot of people were harping on that of like being like Aizen having like a lot of symbolisms to like Buddhist religion is like makes him good. It's not necessarily that I think it makes him good. I'm honestly not even the biggest fan of like symbolism relating to quality myself. Honestly, um, I brought that up as like a um, like a, a point to show a misunderstand not a misunderstanding or a lack of understanding of Aizen's character on a lot of people's front. So, like, for example, you look at Meruem, you ask any person who's watched or read Hunter Hunter, they can, to some extent, tell you why Meruem is, is good, right? In, like, some sort of detail. You know, like, his parallel with Gone is super good, his character development is this, that, and the third. And he becomes, he comes from, like, this monstrous character to this very human-feeling, sympathetic character, and his relationship with Komugi is cool, right? Like, I feel like that's a very baseline way to say, you know, Miriam's a good a good villain. You can get to the thick of it and things like that and explain why you think he's particularly good or whatever. But from my experience, when I've talked to people about Aizen, the only thing I've heard, especially if they're not like super duper into like, uh, like bleach analysis or anything like that, is just 
he's cool, he's smart, and it's like, that's fine, right? I don't really care if you look too deep into his character, but I just feel like there's a, a like a dissonance between the analysis that Eisen and Bleach gets in general um, versus uh, kind of like other other main uh, or, or other like very prominent shonen, right? To me, Bleach gets that like Dragon Ball treatment where everybody like watches it and thinks like, you know, oh, they, they're like absolutely. There is there is no thinking that went into this show whatsoever. What you see is exactly what you mm. get. It's there, it couldn't be more surface layer. And I'm like, I don't know. How, like I don't really. I disagree. Right. I'll put it like that. I, I disagree that there's mm-hmm. only one surface. So the the Buddhist symbolism and like this like eighty page. I'm pretty sure like college thesis on it that I was like skimming over while I was making this video. I was like, yeah, okay. You read thesis yeah, papers as research for videos? I'll send it to you after, like, while you're speaking or whatever. But basically, I mean, a lot of Eisen's appeal comes from, I think, his sort of, um, I mean, it comes from the genius, but it comes from the, like, to me, the curse of being absurdly powerful and absurdly, like, godlike in comparison to everybody else in this verse, right? Like, Dude. it's almost this <laughs> okay. disdain for right. normality and disdain for, like, the current standards of the world right which we see a lot of like when he talks to urahara um it's almost mm-hmm. like he's almost like disgusted that someone of his of, of his caliber of, of that like a uh, level in terms of at least intelligence could be satisfied with the current way in, in which things work and i think that him deciding that the only way for him to create like the only way for him to be satisfied was to create something that could achieve a similar level of monstrous levels of power um, and then be defeated by that to, sh- like, almost to, how can I put this? Because I'm trying to, th- like, explain why I like him so much on the spot. But I think that that sort of <clears throat> Superman-like quality, uh, um, do, you, uh, do you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm trying to get at? I don't know if it's I know, clear. I know exactly, I know exactly what you're trying to get at. I just resent the first half of your uh, theory. Here's why. So, this was actually a part of my video that I'm not even sure if I cut or not, because... You know, a little uh, behind the curtain uh, for all of our listeners at home, but that was like a two-hour like video that I had to cut down to 23 minutes. So there was a lot that just didn't make it into the final version that was eventually put on YouTube, right? And one of the things that like I got really mad about with Aizen's character, because I think I generally really liked Aizen. Like, I like thoroughly enjoyed him as a character. Definitely made my top like 100 anime characters of all time list easily, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just the... It's purely the um, Aizen is lonely thing that really grates on me, and I'll tell you why. If it was just Aizen's rebellious attitude, I would say, yeah, that's, personally, I'd say that's more than enough to make him an already amazing character, right? Because that's really all you need to explain a lot of his motivations and stuff, especially because it covers everything, including his feelings towards Orihara, why he did what, why he did, what he did everything to like get him to that point, whatever. But the only thing that... I read as an inconsistency or as bad writing, whatever you want to call it, is this whole Aizen being lonely thing. (laughs) And I'll tell you why. There's two reasons for this. Their names are Yamamoto and Zaraki. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think I understand, like, the point you're making, but I think that the problem is he's he's lonely. He's lonely not only in in power but like neither of them come close to his intelligence right which is why like bro urahara Urahara. and mayori cover that like that's the thing right all four of these characters cover both sides of aizen but they exceed him almost in in every sense like there is no 
singular column or category that Aizen is just solely alone in. And that's what bugs me about well, this whole Aizen. I'll, I'll give you thing. one column that he's solely alone in. It's ambition, right? He is the most, probably okay. the most ambitious character in the entire series. And I think that loneliness comes from, like, it, it's multifaceted. It's not just his strength, which he's top tier in, only being rivaled by, like, Kenpachi if his full power is unleashed. And, like, Bonkai Yamamoto or whatever, right? But it's, That is, whoa, whoa. I feel like you're lowballing both of them. Because I'm talking, let's... Let's do two forms of Aizen for this conversation. Let's say pre-Hogyoku Aizen and then sure. post-Hogyoku Aizen, right? Those are like two vastly different creatures power-wise. And even then, I'd say pre-Hogyoku Aizen, and this people might be mad at me for this, but I don't think he was like that much more powerful than like Ukiora. No, it's he's 100%. Like, he was, he's like literally objectively more powerful than the entire Spada combined. He says that's he just states, his that's his claim. No, Gin states that well, first of all, Gin states that they literally would refuse to serve underneath him if they if he wasn't just in terms of raw power better than them. Right? And it's okay, not okay. that. Okay, so let's so let's let's who, get into this let's get into this raw power thing really quick, just so like I get another beef out of my head. That Espada ranking system is so ass because it's based off Ryatsu for some fucking reason. Like, why? Out of all the things, right? Ryatsu is the most important thing in a, in a like um like a bleach fight. No, it's not. It's clearly not because, dude, Ukiura was number four. Yeah. Four. So, what, what does that have to do with anything? Are you... All right. Okay. Do you think Harry Bell was stronger than Ukiura? Do you think uh, Baragon was stronger than Ukiura? Baragon might have been stronger, but do you think Coyote? stark was stronger than ukiora i i it's I, insane like I, like where like, i think so i what? mean if we it listen 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 Bro, there's, oh there's, there's a couple of trains that you can go down with the spotter rankings like the spotter rankings are relatively contentious right but you cannot you cannot deny that like in if you want to say like maybe some like there's some non riatsu based way like some hacks or maybe some like skill feats that ukiora has you know whatever you can talk about it but in terms of just Ryatsu, Ukiyor has less and is weaker in that sense than everybody ranked above him, right? But it's so, but it's like a facet of power. It's like ranking them all by speed. It, well, Ryatsu, it's like sure you're like Ryatsu is like it's one aspect. It, what it's kind of like we already know, right? On several occasions that Ryatsu was the like you can say it is a facet, but it is the most important facet. If you have Ryatsu that completely eclipses another person, they cannot hurt you. Like, Kenpachi versus Ichigo is a perfect example. Ichigo swung his blade at a Kenpachi who eclipsed in Ryatsu, right? And then he took damage because he attacked him, right? Aizen got hit by Soifone's, like, uh, I can't remember the, like, the actual Japanese name of it, but, like, the two-strike, like, insta-kill thing, right? And he's like, yeah, since mm -hmm. my Ryatsu is so much more powerful than yours, your hacks simply don't work, right? So, like, strength, cool. Speed, cool. Your hacks, cool. But if it comes down to just a Ryatsu battle, right, and you're so unbelievably fodder compared to them that you just get, like, soul-crushed, it doesn't matter what your stats are. You'll just get bullied. But the only time Ryatsu matters is with Aizen post-Hogyoku, where his Ryatsu is, like, to the point where it melts you if you're just next to him. It's not true. We see, we see in the Soul Society arc, Kenpachi made Ichigo take damage from his own swing because his Ryatsu completely eclipsed his. That was, like, the only time that happened. Like, name me one other time where Ryatsu was, like, the deciding factor and it wasn't Aizen. Go well, ahead. Wait, why? We just, we know that's a rule. Why, why do I have to, like, name, like, these several examples? We know it's, like, a because rule it, if... Because if it's something, 
if it's something that's established and then forgotten, it kind of ceases to be important in the story. Like, for example, right, if the House of Hell arc thing that's happening right now was never written, I can confidently say Kubo forgot about Hell in his own canon universe. I don't think not consistently bringing something up means you forgot about it, but... If it's, if it's like an aspect of the power system, but I think hell, it's a huge hell thing. Hell isn't super important to the narrative that he's trying to tell with Bleach. It's an aspect of the I was the talking world. about Ryatsu. No, you mentioned Hell. You, like, said, you just mentioned Hell, though. Wait, what, wait which point yeah, are we talking I, about? It, I, I'm saying both like are emblematic of a thing, right? So it, I'm using the example of Hell to say if he forgot about this thing, right? And it's just a part of the world building of uh, Bleach. Then at some point, you can just pick... Whenever he stopped, like, bringing up Hell, you could even say right after the final appearance of Hell before this arc, it, it was just, it doesn't matter. You could say it's not an important aspect of the, right, of, like, the, the story he's trying to tell in, like, Bleach, which is fine. I, I would agree with you. I think that's perfectly fine to do. Um, but I'll, I'll, you know what, I'll, I'll play into your, your thing, right? Yamamoto's spiritual crushes, um, Nanao, when he's about to fight, um, Sh uh, Shinsui and Yukitake, right, back in the Soul Society arc. He, he spirit crushes her and she like falls down and like almost dies no she like she like it's like she's per here let me show you real quick she's like portrayed to be like unable to even exist near a passive Yam like a somewhat angry yamamoto right like it's a thing that is shown right the only problem is most like kubo like he'll show characters that are more relative than like you just getting spirit crushed by another person right like a lot of the times He'll show a character and they'll be somewhat relative, but they'll still lose, right? Like, the spirit crushes only happen, or like these massive feats of power only happen with a massive gap, right? So what I'm saying is, spiritual pressure is still the most important thing, right? You just don't get these like insane feats of like getting like <laughs> reverse Uno card in terms of your your attack or whatever, unless there's this like insane gap, right? Ichigo has this weird thing where like not weird thing, but this massive show of power where spiritual pressure is so potent that Aizen can't even sense it. Like, there are several characters who do have um, this uh, sort of transcendent spiritual pressure, if you will. It's not just Aizen or Kenpachi. Uh, with the exception of, like, exceptional beings uh, like Yamamoto or Kenpachi, right? What you can say is that Kubo, he forgets it or doesn't acknowledge it because... By default, anybody that's on screen in Bleach that's fighting is at least comparable to some level, if not to the level, bare minimum, of just being able to exist in the other person's uh, uh, vicinity without being, like, vapor vaporized. Which is a fair argument, I think, to make, but to me, it just kind of it rubs me the wrong way because it doesn't address some of the power scaling issues that I see in Bleach in that, for example, you remember when Aizen was in his, like, pre- pre-butterfly form like he just he's finished cocooning yeah right yeah and uh he was like hunting down ichigo's human friends mm -hmm. and like they were able to survive his riatsu sure. like y you see what i mean right like that's that's asinine i mean it, it's explained that he's literally holding back his riatsu he does it that almost that entire arc he's holding back his riatsu right that's why at any point in in the series where he has the hogyoku and he starts fusing with it that's why anybody besides Ichigo is ever able to sense him. He states as much that, like, he's, like, he in, in his fight with, like, Don Guy Ichigo, right? He's, like, un, he's like unless I'm holding back my spiritual pressure, it's impossible to be sensed now, right? But we know on multiple occasions in that same arc while he was in that transformation, people could sense him and be aware of his presence. 
So what that means is every time spiritual pressure was even sensed by somebody else, he was holding back. So it's explained, like, if you want to say, like, in Eisen, just a very, like, he just toys with people. I mean, it's not like it's out of character. Almost his entire showing, he's been displayed to be this very, like, smart person, yes, but also, uh, I, I wouldn't even say arrogant, but just self-aware of his strength and that he doesn't really need to be wary of that many people in the verse okay so fine i will i'll say I'll, I'll put it to you this way i will settle for the default position in bleach to be unless they're holding back they and they explicitly say they're holding back or if they are within a reasonable margin of power of the other person that it fits within the realm of this is okay but if it's a direct violation, would you would you be okay with saying, yeah, that doesn't make sense? What like what direct vi like direct violation of like their spiritual pressure being relative or something? Is that what you're referring to? Yeah. Okay. So let's say it was uh, God. What wh what do you call like Mukin Eisen, right? Uh, like definitively stated, definitively stated to be his strongest form, mm -hmm. right? So let's say somebody like I don't know a lieutenant, a random lieutenant, or, like, Ruki or somebody at that time, mm -hmm. like, and Aizen was, like, fully not holding back his Ryatsu. Do you, on, like, do you think Rukia is, like, in the same ballpark as Aizen, Mukin Aizen, with, with, like, a straight face? No, but Mukin Aizen is a little bit interesting because you have to get extremely close to him to even feel his, his spiritual pressure, right? It's kept extremely close to his body, so... It's, there's like inverse yeah but that's of, only when he was chained no it's, that's it's, only his, when... it's his seals completely like all because he has his seals on the entire um the entire like blood war arc right and no because wait do you say when you say seals are you referring to the chair or the bindings that he's wearing the bindings that he's wearing the bindings that he's wearing are what keeps it close to his body uh okay go on so basically right you can like you can have an inverse reason for some fodder tier like uh, like captain or whatever, right? Like Soifon being able to exist in Aizen's presence without any trouble or without any mention of spiritual pressure because it's kept extremely, like they can't get rid of it, right? And they can't negate it. So all they can do is keep it almost like a, a second layer of skin, if you will, right? So you have to step mm -hmm. in that boundary in order for it to happen, which is like, yeah, I don't think there's any time in the series where Mook and Aizen is like, near anybody that's so fodder that they shouldn't even be able to stand up next to him or whatever, right? But I'm saying, like, the question was, if that were to ever happen, right? Let's say Aizen's uh, thing was loosened to, like, a one-meter radius or some something sure. reasonable like that, right? Like, whatever fighting distance is. And it was, like, some somebody uh, such as Rukia. Mm-hmm. And he was actively, like, full Ryatsu. Like, like, it was really just the potency of it was every... He was giving it his all. Sure, sure, sure. And she not only, like, is able to, like, survive, but is able to just fight him on the same, like, playing field. Wouldn't you consider that... Like, wouldn't that bug you? If Rukia was able to fight Aizen and she was, like, swapping sword strikes with him, yeah, so that'd be a problem. But let me ask you this question real quick. Do you know... Mm -hmm. Is it... It's not Ginjo. Who, you know that guy that helped Ichigo get into, like, break into the Soul Society? Like, the guy who rode, the like, the hog or whatever? Uh, yeah. Okay. The, the, the guy with the weird eyebrows, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So... Yeah. Uh, he is able to stand up in Kenpachi spiritual pressure arena, right? So the question is... Okay. Do you think Rukia is weaker compared to Aizen than that guy is to um kenpachi and whatever answer you get 
Like, if you think Rookie is closer to Aizen than, you know, other guy was close to Kenpachi, then... No, but there's a there's an exception, because that Kenpachi, Soul Society Kenpachi was probably his weakest form, because at that point, he had, like, a billion seals on his power. No, no, I agree, but he's still, he's still at, like, that. that's why I'm asking you, like, it just depends on how, because that Kenpachi still obliterated that Ichigo initially, right? And that Ichigo, we would have, pretty sure would agree, would obliterate, like, in a serious confrontation, would obliterate this guy. So I'm just, like, there's still massive gaps, right? Um... Yeah, but he wasn't trying to hurt Kenpachi, first of all. So we don't even... I don't... This is such a weird example because that guy wasn't necessarily a Soul Reaper or Quincy. He was just a guy, basically, with, like, some parlor tricks. But let's say, like, he was... It, I, I can't imagine him being able to hurt Kenpachi even if they were on the same Ryatsu playing field because, like, physically speaking, it just wouldn't take, if that makes sense. Uh, well, okay, no, no, I'm not know. saying he's attacking him. What I'm asking you is, like... Do you think Ruki would be able to stand in the presence of, like, Mook and Aizen, basically? Unleashed? Yeah, and that, like, like just Aizen, not like, I, because there's, like, there's a little bit of difference. Like, Aizen can not necessarily hold back, but not intend to spirit crush you, because Aizen can, like, like, alright, like, what he did with Grimjow, right? Grimjow got up to leave, and he was like, he's like, where, where do you think you're going? And he made him, like, kneel or whatever, just by, like, flexing. Basically, yeah, like, do you think Rukia could survive, like, not an attack from Aizen, but a spiritual, like, flexing, if you will? In the thousand-year blow to arc for both of them. Survive, but not be able to thrive. Sure, that makes I, sense. I would agree. That's about where I'd, that's yeah. What I'd say. Yeah, I, I think that's a happy middle ground between our two positions when it comes to this. Mm -hmm. So, I, w this all stemmed from, was this, like, the, the power scaling issue you had? Because I still feel like... I'm still a little bit confused on, like, where the the issue is with, like... Well, that power scaling issue was very specific to the Espada situation, because they were ranked, like, deliberately by another character. Mm -hmm. So I was just kind of annoyed that Ryatsu was, like, the deciding factor when... I'll put it to you this way. I genuinely believe Ukiora could have bodied uh, Harry Bell or Coyote Stark, but would have, like, a hard time battling Baragon. Because of hacks? I mean, because, yeah, but like Baragon's ability is already insane, right? Like first, like right off the bat. Sure. But then, you know, I think about who he fought and he did fight Soifon and um, the healer from the Visards. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that like they're weak by any means. I'm just saying. No, nah, they're, you can say they're to... weak. <laughs> they're not very strong yeah, in comparison to just... everybody else. Yeah, I, I know, but it's just like Soifon's a captain. So I feel bad saying that. And she's not even a weak captain. Like we've seen weak captains. But, um. Yeah, like, just, like, shit like that. Like, uh, versus battles in Bleach bug me for uh, the reasons of if A can beat B, then C can beat D. And that you, you see, that, like, line of thinking should usually hold up in, I think, most well-written forms of uh, battle fiction where uh, they have, like, fully fleshed out power systems. Like, uh, just to get a little... <clears throat> annoyed here for a second at the people under my uh, hunter hunter power tier list video mm -hmm. that keep saying shit like you should have put going and kill higher i'm like i don't think you've like watched a red hunter hunter i genuinely think you lack any understanding of the source material and here is why if you pay attention you know that they are underpowered protagonists 
they do not stand a chance against almost any of the antagonists after the hunter exam. The only way they are able to like manage to uh, survive, survive, emphasis on survive, is either through uh, very like well thought out plans, a lot, an obscene amount of durability and hacks, and I'll be and I'll be real luck. So by the end of it, I get I get this like one comment and it just pissed me off, dude. I I gotta share this with you. So this guy said, but didn't. Kilua like outclassed the royal guard, referring to Kilua uh, in his um, Godspeed form uh, fighting uh, Yupi yep. during the castle raid, and it bugged me because it was just so fundamental. Like it was such a broken line of logic that that I just I need to vent about it for uh, thirty seconds, and then it'll be emblematic of like what what I mean with Bleach. It'll, it'll loop back back around in, in of itself, okay. right? So the reason. That that makes no sense is because a that wasn't a fight. Kilo was invisible every between attacks because of uh, Meleoron, and finally, and this is super important, Yupi himself stated they do not hurt; they just keep coming out of nowhere, and it's annoying. Mm-hmm. So when all of these things are stacked together, and you leave a comment like that, it tells me you are either selectively reading or not reading at all, or hell, I'll even say watching. It's even expressed in the anime. It's that's fair, but. What if they weren't talking about um, Yupi? Like, couldn't they t- be talking about... No, no, um, that... Oh, they, they did specifically a, that was like, say Yupi? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and if if we talk about the other royal guard he fought with, um, what's his face, uh, Poof, it yeah. also wouldn't hold any water because Poof was actively fighting with one hand tied behind his back because Komogi was there and Kiowa was, like, being deliberately irritating with that. So neither of them... Yupi wasn't really able to fight him the way he could have wanted. It's the same reason that uh poof uh sorry pito or poof could have obliterated gone at any point in time if komogi wasn't there like needing to be healed it, it's I, no, I agree on that part but yeah i'm pretty sure poof, poof says even if i were at full power i wouldn't be healed or anything like that and then obviously kill was able to like poof isn't nearly as durable as you be so i mean that's why killer was able to like burn his cells or whatever but it's not really that big of a deal but also yeah, but also at the time, Poof was actively, like, he had split himself a great deal when he was, like, against Kilua. And I think, if I remember correctly, this was after he fed Meruem, like, most of his power. And remember, so, like, this was him, like, divided a couple times over. Gotcha. Yeah, so that, that comment just, like, really pissed me off and I needed to get it off my chest. But where that kind of comment it comes in regards to Bleach is that what I've referenced with the Hunter Hunter example is that that's a really fleshed out power system because it doesn't give Kiel One going all these like screaming power ups like you know what I mean the Super Saiyan power ups the sure. I just got like demon inside stronger right mm-hmm. they have to like be creative with how they beat their opponents now in Bleach I like to give Kubo credit where credits due the only person he seems to like really abuse this tactic with is Ichigo. And I've more or less, like, turned a blind eye to to it. Like, it doesn't annoy me as much because he keeps doing it in a way that's uh, within the realm of, like, I believe it. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> when it comes to other characters is where he slips up. Oh, perfect example. So Grimjow versus Ichigo at full, like, second release Re- Resurrection is still able to rip out Askin's heart out at the end of the Thousand Year Blood War arc. And so here is my line of logic, and here's how I interpret the story. And you can tell me if if the problem is my interpretation, the way the story was written, or if there's just something wrong that's a hybrid of these two things. So the way I understand it is 
Askin being the third strongest Quincy is like all of the Espada, basically, in terms of power. So when I see the sixth Espada being able to just like rip his heart out and like just wail on him, I don't buy it. Okay, so is the problem that like you think Grimjaw is like the same strength as when he um as like when he was beaten by Ichigo? Wasn't he? Uh no. I mean he can't be, actually. I mean Shoot. for one for one, the fact that he was able to stand in like true Shikai Ichigo's like presence kind of to me implies he's already stronger. Ichigo like kinda shat himself when Grimjaw like obviously there's a surprise of like somebody he thought he beat showing up. Um, but, like, I'm pretty sure, like, Grimjo pulls up and Ichigo, like, grabs his sword out of, like, you know, kind of like, you know, as you would be, like, defensively, right? Like, but if Grimjo was so weak, right? Because if Grimjo was the same powers when he was in Mundo, Ichigo could quite literally just stand there and let Grimjo throw out his most powerful attack with zero difficulty, in my opinion, right? The gap is just that large between these two characters at this point. Um, but... So, Ichigo's like, here, I'll, I'll show you real quick. When Grimjaw, like, takes out his sword, right, Ichigo's, like, ready to fight, and he's, like, he looks, you know, like, in not intimidated, like, scared or whatever, but, but definitely, like, okay, I'm ready to have a an actual fight with this person and not just, like, you know, shit on him or whatever. So to me, it implies, you know, like, they're, you know, I, for, for whatever reason, I think it goes into it in the novels, like, Grimjaw's powers extrapolated on more, but for whatever reason, Grimjaw is stronger than he was before. Even if he was, he shouldn't be that strong, if that makes sense. Because, again, Askin was insanely, like, almost offensively powerful, right? Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's mostly due to Askin's, like, hacks, but yeah, he's very strong. Exactly. So, what bugs me is just that the ease of which he was able to defeat Askin is irritating. Well, I mean... Here's the thing, Askin beat him when they were initially fighting, right? Like, Grimdow did lose. Like, he got bu he got bullied in their fight, in fact, right? Uh, Urahara just put Grimdow back together so he could stab an off-guard Askin. Like, if you're talking about, like, oh, it doesn't make sense that Grimdow could, like, 1v1 Askin, I would agree. Or at least I would think it would be a little bit weird to, or contrived to make um, him come back and, and fight so easily, right? But, uh... Urahara, like, puts Grimjow back together, allows Grimjow to, like, kind of help him out for a second, right? Um, and then Grimjow was able to then sneak up behind him. No, I know, like, the elements of surprise is obviously a huge factor, but just the fact that he got that far. Well, well like, what do you mean? Like, he, he got that strong or whatever? Um, yeah, because wouldn't it be, wouldn't the uh, Ryatsu rule kind of disable his ability to even penetrate his skin in the first place? Wait, well, okay, so the Ryatsu thing, well, I mean, that would just mean, like, he was able to, he was able to, like, I think true Shikai Ichigo and Asuken are close enough um, in power where, you know, he can stab him or whatever. Like, I don't think that's the, I don't think that's, like, the Ryatsu argument is, is that much of a problem when Grimjo is already somewhat implied to be in this level of power now. I'm trying to think of a different example, because m maybe that one just wasn't as obvious as I want it to be. Yeah, it's just that um, Kubo's most used characters battle-wise are Kenpachi, Ichigo, and like uh, Byakya, right? Mm -hmm. So with Ichigo and Kenpachi, it's almost not fair to like have this problem with them because they're obvious exceptions to like every rule that Kubo's established, yeah, right? Yeah, Kenpachi gets stronger like when needed because of the holding back thing, and Ichigo's like 
this hybrid that literally just gets stronger through yeah. fighting. So most things Bro, can I be wait most for... things can be alleviated by saying, okay, yeah, he's stronger because he he had a had a tough battle, got healed, whatever. Bro, I can't wait for the Hellwar to be underway and for us to find out that each goes like part demon. That'd be wild. <laughs> He's so fucking funny, and like your granddad's like second cousin was part demon. Like, <laughs> but uh, I just want to get off topic for a second. I want to give a little shout out to all the people listening because uh, I don't know if you've noticed, BR, but last episode that we shot is like already on track to be our most viewed episode. Oh, for real? Yeah, it's been like two days, and it's already like our second most viewed podcast, and it's on the way to like uh beat our uh pilot that's dope yeah and uh the outpouring of support just means the world and we obviously have gotten a small boost in subs i think we went from 120 to like 160 uh so i'll just reiterate it here and like for uh, every you know podcast moving forward uh guys we do love making this podcast at least i know i do i can't really speak for br i don't know if that he enjoys nah, anything nah, i hate, but, I hate you know, everything I, I can't find happiness sorry well the first step is admitting it Anyway, so we do appreciate you guys, you know, watching, listening, viewing, subscribing. So with that in mind, we would ask you yet again to uh, smash all of these metrics, especially the like button, but double especially for the subscribe button, because we do want the community tab. We want to be able to engage with you guys uh, more directly with uh, polls, um, questions, etc., etc. And I think uh, for a cool like 10K milestone or something crazy along those lines, I want to do like a proper fan Q&A question or audience Q&A question. I hate using the word fan. That was my apologies. So, um, yeah, uh, subscribe so you don't miss a, miss an episode. And thank you so much for all the love you've shown us on the previous episodes uh, that we've already shot. So I just wanted to quickly say that. Uh, if you have anything to add, BR, uh, say, go off. Um, no, do all those things or else I'm going to come find you. So yeah, there's that. All right. Uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, so... <sighs> I, I want to know like what your opinion of Fulbring actually is because I know on Twitter you kind of joke about how amazing it is. I don't know if you're being hyperbolic or, or that's just a version of what you believe or that's literally what you believe. But like I'm I'm curious, like what's your like Fulbring feeling? Uh, summary? It's an overhated arc um, in terms of Bleach stuff. I feel like a lot of people said they wanted Kubo to do a different like arc type formula for bleach and when he actually does it they get upset because Fullbringer is quite a bit different from like Hueco Mundo um in Soul Society. I think it was pretty important to Ichigo's like personal development. Um I think it's like antagonists are relatively weak in comparison to others, but I also think it's focused on like Ichigo outside of battles as also uh like quite a bit better. So it, it somewhat evens it out for me. To me, it's more of like an Ichigo-centric arc. Like, it's more of an arc that's, like, based around, like, the supporting cast is quite a bit smaller, like, in comparison to, like, Soul Society. Uh, the things that are happening are much less, more focuses on, um, you know, like, Ichigo being powerless, what that means to him as a character, like, how that, like, uh, inflates, like, his certain fears that he has or whatever, um, and things like that. So I just think in kind of like a an exchange for lowering the quality of other things ichigo's um growth or at least my uh, enjoyment of ichigo as a character was inflated during full bring so i'd say it's a, it's a pretty good arc it's different but i really like it um what have i said on twitter that makes that's like uh makes you think it's like hyperbolic or whatever you said it was better than chimera uh, and um 
I mean, I, I guess I'd have to reread them, but like, I probably enjoy Fullbringer more. Um, I mean, I can, I can like, without me being hyperbolic, I can tell you why I dislike sure, Fullbringer. So I think um, a lot of my uh, anger towards Fullbringer is in that it had a lot of ambition, but didn't. Uh, hit any of it in that it does the kubo thing i like when i said in my video um it's emblematic of all of kubo's worst habits rolled into a single arc it's um a lot of amazing setup shit payoff but like to the 10th degree so a great example of this is the uh main antagonists right uh what's the sukimichi like how do you say sukashima was like a great villain, right? Really, really got under Ichigo's skin in a way that I think no other villain except for Aizen has ever done. Even, I think, deeper than uh, you watch ever ever got in a Thousand Year Blood War arc. Like, to get the same reaction out of Ichigo uh, that Tsukamichi... Tsuk how do you say Tsukushima? it again? Sorry. Tsukushima. To get the same reaction Tsukushima got out of Ichigo, Yuwach had to like almost literally destroy reality. You know what I mean? So I do think that was amazing in that regard. However, the problem uh, comes down from, despite Kubo doing this experimental thing and like it actually having a lot of potential, I know when I definitely got introduced to the idea of items having souls that uh, we got introduced through through Ginjao and the scotch mm -hmm. that he drank, I was like, whoa, this is a cool little aspect of the lore it's never been brought up again after that uh, after Fullbringer, you know and i would have loved to see something like that and i especially would have loved to see a, a bigger expansion to the bleach lore that was more permanent and contributed more to the overall uh story as it was written right but the way it ended up unfolding was kind of bad in that once Ichigo regains his powers through the Soul Reapers, basically collectively jump-starting mm -hmm. his body, it kind of defeats the purpose of making him a Fullbringer in the first place, if you ask me. Because at that point, he's so much stronger than whatever his Fullbring uh, form could have like mm -hmm. given him that it's hilarious. You know what I mean? And he, he basically j just does one-shot uh, Ginjo. And... That's not even to get into the other Fullbringers being almost comically pathetic. Mm -hmm. So for me, a lot of Fullbring, a lot of the frustrations with Fullbringer come from it's so frustrating because it really could have been a stellar, stellar arc had it been like you know thirty more chapters, give or take, with like more uh, permanent effects of the beginning or first half of the story. I mean, I. I, I like, I think those are fair criticisms. Sure. So for a couple of things, I mean, I think, well, it's not necessarily attributed to the idea of being, like, a full-bring power. I think the concept of, like, objects containing souls is continued and expanded upon in a lot of detail in the Thousand-Year Blood War, right? Um, the idea of, like, Godard's Hofung's blade being something that encapsulate, encapsulates the hopes of the Quincy's. Um, the idea of Zanpakuto in general having names and names being emblematic of like uh kind of personhood right uh, i think honestly think that fullbringer this is just my personal interpretation of it i don't know how like whatever you can say this is but i think that um while fullbringer in terms of power was not really that necessarily like 
it, it didn't it didn't advance Ichigo's power all that much. I feel like it was almost a necessary step in the evolution of Ichigo to get closer to um like Zengetsu. To me, it comes across as like um like the Fullbringer powers is like the <clears throat> the awareness or understanding that like have souls, right? That these Zanpakuto, that these previously considered like inanimate objects have souls. And we see like with basically everyone's Bonkai um in the Thousand Year Blood Warwick, whereas before it, we were somewhat aware, like, they were spiritual beings, but they weren't highlighted to this degree, right? Kenpachi's Bonkai is personified. Byakuya's Bonkai is personified. Rukia's is. Ichigo's most certainly is, right? Which leads us to, like, the line of it, you know, being like, I won't ask for your help anymore, Zengetsu. I won't ask you to lend me power, right? Nor will I ask you to leave me alone because you are me, right? Um, like, they're tied together type thing. And, okay. like, Renji's Bonkai, it, it lying to him because it didn't... Like open itself up fully or whatever. Honestly, I think Fullbring is going from a Fullbring arc where we where we are now introduced to the concept of everything having souls to an arc where we're now like holy shit! Like these soul reapers can get so much more powerful. Ichibe is so powerful because they're understanding that what they're wielding are not just like it's not just metal with a handle on it, right? It's 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 quite a bit deeper than that. So for me, um, I think. If you look at Fullbring and, and say from start to finish, right, it doesn't expand upon that, like, the soul-to-object relationship, sure. But I, I look at it more as, like, a continuous story or narrative throughout the entire thing. So I look at Fullbring being built up for what is next to come, or the conclusion, I guess, being the Thousand-Year Blood War. <clears throat> I don't know if that, if that like, clears up or recontextualizes things. No, because I understand the significance it had. Uh, in the story i'm just saying that wasn't the doing of the arc storytelling it was more of the soul reapers giving ichigo back his powers because okay actually i want to i want to i want to take back take that back a little bit because i just remembered the full bringers coming in clutch uh near the end of the arc but the aspect of ginjo as a villain kind of revealing the whole business with ukitake's mm -hmm. medallion it fell on deaf ears for me and it's also the same beef i have with thousand year blood war arc actually but Chad and Uryo were disregarded in their own arcs. You know what I mean? Like in in their own namesake arcs. What do you mean? What do you mean? Because Chad, Chad, you know the the full bringer, the day sure, one sure, full sure. bringer, who keeps getting bodied in an arc that's supposed to be scaled way mm -hmm. back, right? Because you could say the Iran cars were just way too much for Chad to handle at a certain point. You can't say that like the full bringers were just so astronomically more powerful than Chad that you would have been made useless by uh, their presence because that just wasn't the case, right? And with that in mind, the fact that he was asleep for like half of it- I mean, okay, so you say Chad got bodied, but like who does he really fight that he shouldn't lose to? Honestly, anybody. Even Ginjo. Even Ginjo. Holy Chad, honestly. Before he took Ichigo's powers. Yeah, I mean- Tsukushima obviously is the exact- Like I, I think Tsukushima's- probably the most underrated uh villain power wise because his his ability is like as far as i'm concerned it's like the reverse almighty <laughs> like it, it's it's astronomically powerful right just his fight with byakuya alone showed how like insane he is as a fucking combatant or mm -hmm. as a villain I, like I'll, I'll i'll definitely concede that but short of that ability i think chad definitely could have at least been like the second strongest full bringer and you know i saw um there's this bleach youtuber that i've been watching recently because i really liked his stuff uh mr tomo i think is okay. his username he said this one thing that like made me uh, realize just how wasted chad was in even the thousand year blood war because he was like do you remember that detail about 
how the Quincy's uh, have like, an inherent like natural weakness to anything hollow related uh, yeah. if it enters their bodies. <clears throat> so he said, you know, that's that's Chad's like whole deal. He could have been a definite asset when the Quincy's came to invade because all it like he could have not been as useless if he was like their natural mm -hmm. enemy. And even I'll concede, yeah, sure, Chad wouldn't have been able to handle anybody above a certain level of Quincy, but he definitely wouldn't have been useless. And this is the this is the thing that always bugs me, right? With Fullbringer, as I mentioned before, every single problem is aggregated and combined, and it's like all of everything that Kubo's ever done to infuriate me just condensed into this one arc, and it just grates on me. And with Chad, it was especially egregious because these were like other humans, mm -hmm. for the most part, and they were within his margin of power. And the fact that he was just sidelined again... But the, re the reason he was sidelined is because he... I mean, like, he wasn't fighting them. He didn't fight, really, any of the Fullbringers. Tsukushima, like, uh, used Book of the End to make him want to fight Ichigo, right? Like, but Chad just doesn't... It's not really, like... And I guess you could say it's, like, it's it's Chad's arc in the sense that, like, it's about Fullbringers and he's a Fullbringer. But, I mean, besides that, I feel like it's... Obviously, Ichigo's the main character, so every arc's gonna be his arc in that sense. But, like, yeah, I feel like this is probably the most, like percentage screen time Ichigo's ever gotten in one arc simply because there's just not like they just focus so much on him and no other like very few other characters I just feel like this is the most Ichigo arc you can get in the entire series to me maybe barring substitute Shinigami which is like the introduction but I think it's just so much more disrespectful when you think about the fact that Ichigo just has this astronomical amount of screen time, except ironically in the Thousand Year Blood War arc, I think he was pretty underutilized in that arc, mm -hmm. to be honest with you. And it just... Because... How do... The, the frustration with me that I, even, that, I, that I even have now is that that shouldn't even be a problem. Like... Kubo shouldn't need to dedicate like a secondary arc after his big like climax with Aizen to dive into his protagonist because he has other characters that he's also underdeveloped. You know what I mean? Especially um, Uryu and hmm, not as especially, but like Chad too. Because I mean, I... when I think of Chad, when when I think of Chad and Uryu, I definitely think wasted potential. Um. I mean, I can see that, but, like, I do, I do want to, I do take problem with the idea that, like, he shouldn't, like, focus on protagonists. To me, after a conflict with, like, his greatest antagonist, it's, like, the most important time to check in or, like, do, like, a, like, do an introspective arc with the main character. Because everything up to that point past Soul Society has just been go, 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 you know, do everything you can to not die, right? Ichigo's been sort of this person that is like just a survival instinct for like two arcs straight right and seeing that pull back and like who is ichigo outside of battle or you know does does ichigo even exist when he's not protecting other people blah 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 you can get into all that um but i feel like that's like the most important time to to get into him See, the thing is, I think where my gripe is with Fullbringer, uh, when I hear your uh, the reasons you like it, is that I was pretty satisfied with the amount of character development Ichigo had gotten up until that point. So I didn't see it as a like necessity to be explored that much in Fullbringer. It's just when when you break when you come when it comes down to it, right? The so like you said, the uh, substitute Shinigami arc was like it did wonders for establishing Ichigo's hero complex uh his savior complex and everything since then and like every action he's like taken 
has been more or less a reinforcement of that <clears throat> has gone further and just giving you a clear idea of like what Ichigo is all about as a person. So I don't think Fullbringer was like that necessary. And it, as far as reveals go, I think uh, if you want to get into that aspect of Ichigo's past, the Thousand Year Blood War arc definitely took it all the way uh, to, you know, its natural end with Ichigo's backstory, obviously with Sangetsu and everything. But especially with, with his parents meeting, it was like way more, it was just better in the Thousand Year Blood War. And it, it just, to me, feels like a waste of time. I mean, I, I guess there might just be different things. I honestly think giving Chad an arc is a waste of like chapters or giving, I think, I think the dead, well, I think even giving him a majority or even like, honestly, giving Chad much, okay, so this is just like, I know a lot of people, it's like this common thing that like, you know, Chad is like wasted potential. It's fine. I don't really care personally if you feel like he's wasted potential. Like, I'm not like mad, like, you know, you know oh, you're wrong or whatever. But like, I, Chad was never, there was probably not a single chapter to me where I'm like, damn, I really want to see more of Chad, right? I don't care about him. So like, Chad being sidelined to me is like, but there was no, there was not a single point I cared about Chad. He's just a, he's a, he's part of like Ichigo's friend group, which is cool. But his, his purpose for me started and ended there. And I was perfectly fine with that. Like, I don't have to deeply care about every single character on screen. It's impossible for that to even happen. There's not a single anime or manga I can think of where every character I care about. And Chad just happened to be one that I don't like or care about all that much. Okay, but is that a symptom of your opinion of Chad from the bits you've gotten so far? Or is that, uh, does Kubo have to shoulder a lot of the blame for not giving you enough reason to care about him in the first place by constantly sidelining yeah, him? No, it's kind of like no, a chicken I, I agree, scenario. But I'm saying, I don't think that's like a, I think that that would just be a criticism of like writing multiple characters in a story, not like of Bleach in particular, because there's not a single story where you can say, oh, you know, I love every character. Would you say like, oh yeah, every author is like, has like these major faults in their writing because you don't, you, every character that pops up in his name, you don't, you know, you don't care about or, you know, unless you're like, unless you're like One Piece or something where you're going on forever, right? You're going to go until the end of time. I feel like it's just unreasonable <laughs> to be like, you know, every character has to be the super dope character that gets like, this major fight like i just don't think it's realistic so that's why i don't blame kubo for it i just think it's a it's just a product of writing a cast i think that it's just necessary to have characters that are not that deep not that cool and not that interesting and i'm fine with chad being that i was never like i never got a bad taste in my mouth that chad wasn't that cool it was just like you know he's a character who's here occasionally to do stuff who is the Bakugo of Bleach? Like the Deuteragonist? Who is the Vegeta? Rukio? Yes. Probably. No. Rukio is definitely more important. Isn't that a rival? But you, I asked about the Deuteragonist. The Deuteragonist doesn't have to be a rival. It's just the second most important character. Like the second most important, like, protagonistic character or whatever. Y you know what? That's actually a really good answer. And I never thought of it that way. I guess that's just my biases showing themselves, show, so I no, apologize. Cool. Even if you want to say rival, Renji would still be him. Renji would, to me, Renji's more of a oh, rival. Renji's definitely a God. better rival than Chad is. Renji sucks, man. I, 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 I do not like Renji. I feel like I'm supposed to, but I just he just didn't take for me. I feel like he isn't... Like, I'm not particularly fond of him. Like, his character design, his, like, motivations, his, like, whole vibe just doesn't... It isn't for me. And you, you know when you can tell an author has favorites? Yeah. I don't know why Kubo is so infatuated with Renji. Because he keeps giving you him think he's infatuated with Renji? I'll be real, man. Renji gets bullied the entire series. Bro, but he's on screen for so much of it, and he gets, like, three Bankai. Also, speaking of his Bankai mm. real quick, his first Bankai was fugly. It was 
just nasty bankai, dude. It was just gross to look at. It was so cumbersome. Just looking at it made me feel heavier. So I was glad that like he he fixed that. But otherwise, like Renji's not that impressive. And there was this like there's one time I actually enjoyed Renji's character, and that was against the fight with the mm-hmm. Fulbring lady. Because I'll be honest with you, my opinion of Renji is so low. I genuinely thought he was gonna lose that fight. I like with yeah. a straight face. I was like, yeah, this is where Renji gets his ass kicked. And the fact that he didn't made me kind of happy. And I'm like, oh, wow, that was a pleasant surprise. And then he said, um, I've been training to fight somebody on the, lo- on the level of Aizen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't know, but like that made me laugh so hard, like audibly when I when I watched it, like in, in my fucking room, just like to no one else listening. I just laughed. And um, I think about it from time to time. And it, I'm, I'm like <laughs> laughing again because um, later in the Thousand Year Blood War arc, he does kind of come in contact with Aizen again. And he's like, oh, my God, he got even stronger. That damn monster. And I'm like, yeah, Renji. Weren't you training to fight him? Come on, go ahead. He's right there. Sh- show him who's boss. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to fight somebody on the level of Aizen. I don't know. Wow. I definitely like Renji. Like, so my 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 first answer <laughs> to like the Deuteragonist, like the second, I'd definitely be Rukia. Rukia is to me, she's the first character. I think we, I, I think she's the first person we see in Bleach. Um, and she's obviously this catalyst for Ichigo's growth. She's the main motivation that he goes to the Soul Society and gets as strong as he does. Like, I mean, like, she's not in his direct crew as much as, like, Chad or, like, Uryu. But, like, if you want to if you want to take it to, like, it's extreme, neither is, like, a Sasuke, right? Sasuke is not friends, not even friends with Naruto. He's not near Naruto a majority of the time he's in the series. But he's still very clearly, like, the second most important person, Right. And it's honestly very, he's, he's very close to being the first because he has nearly as much screen time as Naruto. He's, his, like, his actions dictate a lot of Naruto's blah, blah, blah. And I feel like Rukia kind of fills that role in the sense that she's not necessarily meant to rival him or be like this, like, Oonga Boonga Chad that's, like, supposed to, like, fight Ichigo a lot. But I do think um, Rukia is that, that, that role. And to me, I think she gets enough shine in that role. I like Rukia. Um, and I think, like, if Rukia were relegated to, like, a Chad role, even though she's supposed to be super important to Ichigo's character, right? Then, yeah, I- I'd see a problem. I just mm-hmm. think Chad's more like a Leoria vibes in terms of, like, his importance to the narrative. Aww. Like, he doesn't matter all that but much. So I'm fine if he... Leoria is an infinitely better written character despite him having similar amounts of screen time relative like to hunter hunters overall run Leorio is not that good <laughs> i will say that Leorio is extremely bro, boring ron how do you keep bro how do you keep missing i don't understand he, how, not how do you cool. just like he's wake just, up he's like he's a bum bro he's a boring he's lame he's literally a med student okay that's man. fine i don't really care about a med student in a battle shonen like it's cool like it's fine that he has his own also, dreams he's like, like i don't he's like, like i don't like him bro he is like the he is like the best fucking friend ever in shonen this this guy Philo, is ride or Philo die for definitely his a better friend but you know well uh, going's the worst Gon, friend out yes, of all Gon of them is a I bad think. friend but Kilo, i would say Killua is definitely a better friend to gone than Leorio is I mean, Leorio did punch Jean in the face, so I gotta give him credit for that. I mean, that's that. fine, but who healed Gon from dying? Oh, right. Okay, you know what? Let's not yeah, go down this yeah. rat hole. I, I, I don't want to hear your terrible Hunter Hunter takes any more than you want to hear my terrible fair, Naruto fair, fair. takes. But in any case, right? So, you know, you ask me <laughs> my, who, this, who, who the Deuteragonist is in my, in my eyes, it's Rukia. Um, you ask me who, like, Ichigo's main rival is supposed to be. It definitely comes off as Renji, and the reason I say Renji 
is because I feel like to some extent there's like a parallel between them. Like Ichigo or Renji is no no no. Let me rephrase that. Ichigo is what Renji tried to be initially in the Soul Society, like this sort of um this unencumbered um, determined character that is willing to do whatever it takes to save his friends and renji isn't able to do that initially that's why you know um until ichigo they have the relationship yeah, until they have ichigo yeah. beats renji and like shows him i can i like i'm not only can i i'm going to change rukia's fate here right um renji's like holy shit like i don't have to be i don't have to be like tied down to these to the soul society's previous notions of uh, uh i guess of like honor and things like that or like tradition but i think that's why i consider them closer in terms of rivalry but wouldn't you say that in the initial uh run of bleach like it's very start it was oreo that, that was like teased to be that considering the way he was introduced and the subsequent parallels since then and especially when it comes to the Thousand Year Blood War arc, I think that there is definitely more that Kubo might have wanted to do with Uriyo's character that he just might not get not might not have gotten a chance to. Like, do you remember this one scene or this one panel it was super early on in the Thousand Year Blood, Blood War arc? And I mean, like maybe the first ten or twenty chapters. It was uh, when you remember what's his name, Quilkey, oh, hey, yeah. the, the first Quincy that was introduced, yeah, yeah in Hueco Mundo. Um, when Ichigo was like, oh man, your arrows are stronger than uh, Ishida's. And he was like, me? My, impossible. And you were like, and that, to me that was like, whoa, what's going on here? Is there something special about uh, good old uh, yeah. Uriel? And then, uh, you know, I'm reading the chapters and it never gets brought up again. And then suddenly he's, um, he, uh, you watch his successor. And I know they kind of explained it as he survived the Ash Wallen for X, Y, and Z, but like, they never explain how that's possible, and I think that's a huge misstep because, and this is very important, Uriyo is not a full-blooded Quincy, so you can't even make that argument that he was just, like, so genetically superior to the other Quincy that it just, you know, it, that, that rule didn't apply to him. And the fact that, like, other Quincy were able to just sort of, not even casually, survive the Eshwalan, like uh, Baz B, for example, I think is a big inconsistency in Kubo's writing, and I... I'll put it to you this way. I don't think it's, like, unfair of me to make these criticisms, especially with the Thousand Year Blood War arc. Okay, so, like, what, what's the problem with, like, the Ashwalan, like, with Uryu surviving it or whatever? The implication was that Uryu is special in some way. The Ashwalan was, uh, you watch his, like, criteria for judging his specialty. Okay. So he was like, oh, you survived it when I activated it all those years ago when, like, when Ichigo's mm -hmm. mother died. And, you know, Uryu's mother died. So uh, that kind of the implication being that he's special for some reason, especially to be considered you watch his successor, but it doesn't get expanded upon beyond, oh, you survived, not necessarily how or why that it's even a thing or like, it's so interesting to me. Like, like this is this, this is a, a recurring problem in Bleach. It's stuff happens that's so interesting that just gets me on the edge of my seat. I'm like, oh my God, I want to know what happens. And then I don't know if Kubo forgets or he prioritizes or what the fuck happens, but like it just gone. Like it's, it's just abandoned. Um, so I mean, yeah, I guess, but like, I feel like Uryu is shown to be like, kind of like pretty strong or at least like somewhat special when he's able to fight like hold off like um damn it i don't know why i can't remember his name i but he was able to fight off like you hall's like right hand man who had the almighty for like 12 hours straight oh um yeah Yergum, you, yeah, Yergum Yergum yeah, yeah 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 i don't know why i couldn't remember his name but 
Um, he is like, oh, bro, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't blame you. Fucking, have you yeah, seen true. his name? Um, but I mean, he had the Almighty for like twelve hours straight, right? And Uryu like didn't immediately die. Like, I feel like, <laughs> like fighting somebody with that ability in living to me already is like, it already makes you special. I, that's such an ass pull because it's not explained how he's able to do that. It's just kind of taken at face value that he can. What do you mean? It's not explained. By Noah, like, like, Uryo has never been shown to be particularly special, like, in the same way that Ichigo has. He is not, like, a full-blooded, pure-blood Quincy. His mother is only half Quincy, right? So you can't even go along that route. His father isn't some, like, legendary fucking Quincy, as far as we know. And there's nothing particularly special about him or, or legendary about him to indicate that he should be capable of the things he's capable of. It's just kind of like Kubo assumes because he's like a main character that you n I mean, think he's like that special. So to me, like if this was any other series except for Bleach, people would say, oh, this is bad writing. Like, like where did this come from? I mean, people say it's people like, people say it comes it's bad out of nowhere because it's Bleach, if I'm being honest with you. But um, I will say that like for saying that Uryu isn't portrayed to be special, I think it's just like ignoring like I, especially one moment in the Soul Society. Remember when he like um. I, I don't know why, like, for some reason, I just can't remember any, like, bleach terms today. But, like, remember when Uryu, like, in order to get stronger, trained with, like, the, the, the Quincy thing on his hand for, like, seven days and seven nights and then took it off versus Mayuri? Um, like, yeah. he one-shot a captain, that same captain, like, because Mayuri's never portrayed to train. He doesn't, only, the only thing that changes about Mayuri is, like, the abilities he equips himself with, right? That Mayuri goes on and still is like relevant in the thousand year blood war like, i feel like that is a retroactive like super impressive like feat for uryu because what that all that gauntlet does is bring out the latent potential of a quincy and for uryu to be able to one shot um that my Uri, like speed blitz and one shot him with his like arrow and that my Uri, like later down the line one who's never portrayed a trainer even implied to because that's not really what he does is then, like, fighting, like, the right hand of the Soul King. I mean, while it's not explained, yeah, okay, it's because of this, this, and this, he's super special. He is portrayed to be special early on in the series. He's portrayed to have a lot of potential early on in the series. That's not, not really, because um, Mayuri is not necessarily a particularly uh, OP captain. It, like you said, his uh, strength lies more in his intellect and, like, how he equips himself. So the people in the Stern Raid are, like, arguably more impressive than Uryu. Not at all. And the um the antithesis thing was a thing bestowed upon Uryo by uh uh Yuha. wasn't like his innate ability. Sure. But most of the abilities they have were bestowed upon by Yuha. Even the ones that were given an ability by Yuha had varying degrees of power. Like I know for a fact. Oh, here's another power scaling issue. Uh, so this is a two birds one stone thing for me. Remember when Bazby was like, yeah, I was holding back Yamamoto's flames from like incinerating us. You you just accept that? You're just like, yeah, Bazby is he can obviously take down Yamamoto. Like, is that how you read uh, it? I just think his fire resistance and fire manipulation is relative to a Yamamoto who's not attacking them. Yes, he was attacking them in like his unsheathed. He was, like, he was attacking the fake Yuha. Like he was holding he was holding them back from dying by being near them. Right. But like, it's not like, like, um, like Yamamoto was like Bonkai, you know, and then like attacked them, right? Like they wouldn't have been able to survive that. I, I don't, but I think like holding back the, the flames of like the, 
like the heat that his spiritual pressure was emitting, right, is like it's impressive, but it's not like some like power scaling breaking thing because it's like I, I just don't think it's the same as like having those flames directed towards you. Bro, I knew this would be a frustrating episode. Of course it would. We did we fundamentally disagree on like a lot of bleach stuff. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. I don't know about you. No, no, for sure. Um Okay. If we can get into the power scaling thing, because I think this could be an episode all in of its own. You know, granted, I uh, have the examples ready for next time. So mm -hmm. apologies for that. You know, I got to come prepared next time. My beef is that with somebody like Yamamoto, who is fighting, um, was it was it Lloyd or Royd? It was the guy one who of was those, the yeah. Fake, you, yeah. So would you, did they establish that he was like also, he also had the ability to copy the powers of the people he was impersonating? No. Because I know his, bro his, his brother did with Kinpachi in that thing yeah. he referenced. He was like, yeah, he like took my form. I just had to be stronger than I was when he copied me. Yeah. Yeah. So when he did that, does that mean he copied, uh, Yamamoto was like fighting that version of, of you watch 100%. Like, like, would you say that that's a fair assessment? No, because Lloyd, the one um you are uh, not you the one yamamoto fought actually could only copy i'm pretty sure his like form and appearance perfectly hold on let me let me see real quick because only one of them um had the ability to copy power the other could copy appearance let's see i don't recall that let me let me pull it up real quick for you oh dude i just remembered fuck we didn't talk about the my hero or jujitsu kaisen chapters i mean that's fine it's a bleach episode um i mean yeah yeah, if you want to edit, like, we can, you want to talk about it, like, in like in post, and then we just add it, I think that's fine. You know how last week I was like, oh, they felt like short chapters? Like, dude, this week, they were, like, short chapters. No, yeah, they they were they definitely felt a lot shorter. The Jujutsu Kaisen one, I'm going to be real with you. Just I guess this is, this is going to be, like, a very quick summary, because I don't really have much to say about it. The Jujutsu Kaisen one might be, the like, Gege's first miss in a while. I think it was, like, a six or a seven. Yeah, um, I think it was a cool chapter. Like... But, yeah, definitely not a 10, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's not a 10, but I feel like it's built up to another 10 chapter for me. Like, it, to me, it comes off as, like, Megami's about to have another solo chapter where he's doing his thing and, like, bullying. Because he's like, yeah, now I can yeah. now I can fight you without holding back. So I'm like, okay, I'm kind of excited to see how that works. Yeah, but this was definitely, like, a... It could have been rolled over into a different... Like, into a bigger chapter and have it not miss a beat as, like, the intro or, like, the first half. Um, I mean, I guess so. Yeah, uh... So I, I guess those, those are like my quick thoughts. So the My Hero Academia chapter is, any, is is almost like not worth talking about because of how little happened. Yeah, I don't it, I don't like it though. I thought that was it was cool. so uneventful. Yeah. Oh my god. Mm -hmm. It was not. I didn't. I didn't. I mean, not only was it uneventful. I think anything that did happen was kind of like I don't know. Um, I do. Yeah, I feel like the, the consequences of Aoyama being a traitor was yeah. very little. I know. Okay, you too, right? Mm -hmm. Like, didn't that feel so weird? I was like, do you, do do you guys? These are cops. What the fuck? Yeah. Like, like De Deku's like, officer, can you like chill the fuck out? I'm having a moment here. Yeah. And like the officer complied. Uh, yo, I'm like, yo, you should be fired, man. Yeah. And did you hear about um my hero ending in about a year? Didn't he? Yeah, I I, I read something like that. Didn't Horikoshi say that he uh, expected it to like finish in a year or like yeah. conclude or it conclude? It was in something a year. vague. He said he expected the yeah. final arc to be done in in a year, which is like kind of wild because that's only like 50 to 60 more chapters and i cannot imagine uh like i almost said bleach my hero ending <laughs> that quickly in, in like um in a satisfying way it seems like there's so much more to yeah, be done especially yeah that seems really abrupt considering how horikoshi likes to really take that shit slow doesn't he 
Typically, yeah. Yeah, so I can't... I don't know how the fuck he's going to wrap up everything he's established in under 50 chapters. Yeah. Oh, by the way, um, I have a fun thought experiment for you before we get back into Bleach. Sure. I just thought of it. I don't, I don't, it's purely fun. Mm -hmm. So you have a super soldier serum. You're not allowed to take it, right? But you can choose who takes it under two conditions. One, they have to be uh, a mangaka. Okay. And two, the effects of the serum is relative to that mangaka's current output. So let's say it was uh, Tagashi, for example. Mm -hmm. um, it would basically shorten the length of like his longest hiatus by like three so I don't know, d divided by three, right? But but it wouldn't be the same output per like thing. You can't just like pick up pick a guy and be like, yeah, two hundred chapters every week, please, oh, right? Okay. It, 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 yeah, it has to like scale to like their current output as like a normal person. So you could either divide by three times ten, whatever your method is. You you okay. have to decide that too. So is it, it multiplied be... by like three, like by three, or divided by three, like however long they take? Yeah. So it's, it's like let's say a super soldier relative to a normal human is like five times stronger mm -hmm. so let so like either divide hiatuses by five so they need like less rest or uh output by five uh, if what you want is just like more of the content they, they make yeah. if like hiatuses aren't like a thing right so you have the super soldier serum you get you have the manka you have the rules established who do you pick and for those of you at home uh, tell us who you'd pick in the comments that's interesting um i might honestly pick either yusuke murata or akutami, akutami dude me too yeah How? okay yeah akutami is obvious because obviously more jjk whatever but yusuke murata yeah, is because he's been putting out bangers for one punch man this year and if he puts dude. out like Yes. So that'd be like yes. how, many, how many would what does he post or like how many often does he put out chapters like I once think, or twice a month I, yeah, that's all. Like, if he's working like consistently, dude. Yeah. How the? That is literally my answer. I thought, mm. I thought like that'd be like a big dude. Nice. You and me are on the same page. Yeah. Okay, dude. I have been on a One Punch Man like reread, rewatch. I'm on. I've been like rewatching the anime, rereading uh the manga and the web comic. Like, I'm a fucking. For those of you who don't know, because I, I keep mentioning it on this podcast, but never on my YouTube channel. I am like One Punch Man is my favorite series. Like, period. Right. Like. I fucking love One Punch Man. And um, it's probably, the, it's actually the only manga to this day that I've ever physically collected. Not even, I've never even collected Hunter Hunter uh, manga chapters, like, physically. Oh. I fucking okay. love One Punch Man. Yeah. So I've been on a tear this weekend. I've just been, like, rereading it because I, I just love it so much. And that's why, like, that's actually why I, that's what prompted me to ask this question. Because I was like, you, have you seen Murata's art? Yeah, I mean, Murata is definitely, to me, he's it's the best. unreal. He's, he's the best manga artist there's ever been. From, from Obvi like, easily. And it, he's, he's, his skill with, with like, drawing, it, it, it's inhuman is the best way I could describe it. It literally does not feel like a human being drew this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially the recent chapters. Like, oh my god, dude. When he drew um God, like, the, yeah, the, that was the One Punch Man. Yeah. And then when, at the very last panel of the most recent chapter, with the eyeballs uh, coming out of the ocean, oh my god that looked like it was a photo yeah it's uh yeah uh murata is wild in terms of his art so like if he puts out like five to ten chapters a month like yeah yeah that's gonna be a month a month i fucking wish he could put out four chapters a month are you yeah. kidding me <laughs> so yeah well you'd give him the serum yeah i'd give i probably now yeah. now what do you think the ratio would be like if he I'm going to be super generous uh, and say he puts out about 14 chapters in a year. Okay. Um, they're good. They're of good length, by the way. Yeah, so they I'm are. not too mad about the number. Yeah. So 14 chapters in a year, 
that's like currently right mm-hmm. post serum what do you think it would be at uh so just four it would just be 14 times five is that that would it be or uh you you can pick the number like w- w- like reasonably i can't even want to say the sentence if you were to power scale a super soldier serum murata to like current murata right like what sure. if like right like based on his the amount of uh output that his current skill like requires him to do like he needs to eat like 2000 calories or something crazy along those lines to like do what he needs to do 8 hours of sleep what do you think like how do you think the serum would affect his output while still retaining the quality He's probably be reasonable. Probably putting out like I'm guessing he's probably going on like a uh, probably like a like a weekly schedule as if he was like a normal Shonen Jump author. So not like any more than like a like every like he probably released to me at least what I think is on a similar schedule to like like Horikoshi, Akutame, Tabata, that type of stuff. Uh, yeah, dude, that that is like the and dream situation. Like very explosive, and even that's a clearly like super soldier type thing. Yeah, dude, I that is the correct answer. I'm I'm genuinely flabbergasted, amazed, and uh, uh be real, a little turned on that you guessed correctly. That that like that huh. there was a right answer. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm 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 just happy you and I are on the same page, at least with something. Yeah, I uh, think he's. And you if know. you are. Yeah, if you are a massage therapist or like the Japanese government, uh, he's the guy. He he's he's the one. Please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So back to Bleach. Just wanted to like throw that fun hypothetical out there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think that was a pretty interesting hypothetical. So go on. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, you were talking about like Lloyd and Royd, right? Right. Yeah. Um, so you okay. you wanted to pull up an example Here. of them uh, copying powers. So. Um, there you go. So the one Kenpachi fought was uh Lloyd, right? The one Yamamoto fought was Royd, and he can mimic another's memories in the mind, but not their like actual like you know whatever, right? Oh, so doesn't that mean Yamamoto is even weaker, considering he wasn't even fighting a guy that copied Yuachi's powers? I mean, even weaker is relative because Yamamoto is still the strongest captain by far. To that, like, let's have this conversation here. Sure. Where would you put Yamamoto, power-wise? Like, by the end of the series? Um, sure. I mean, he's got to be top 10 easy. Like, maybe you can say his abilities don't match up well with some of, like, like the Stern Ritter or, or like, the Shootstaffel, right? Because, like, but if we're talking, like, battle power, like, I can hurt you, I'm fast, I'm strong, right? And not including hacks, he's definitely top 10, maybe top 5. Top 5 might be stretching it, but top 10 for sure. And I don't think that's very debatable, because I think it goes Prime Soul King... Probably, but if you don't want to count him, then number one's Yuha. No, yeah. Number two's like Aizen. Okay, okay. Number three's so, Ichigo. Like, I'm really glad we we arrived at this topic because I have a very very important um thing that I need you to like react to with me. All right, all right. So what we have here is a CBR article. Mm-hmm. Br, are you familiar with CBR.com? Uh, I think I, I gotta say I think I've run into them a couple of times. <laughs> Um, maybe. They made this list called Top 10 Strongest Bleach Characters at the End of the Series. I want you to, like, go down this list with me. Okay. Now, there is a joke. There is, like, a meme with this list. I'm not going to tell you what it is. I want to see if you can get it for yourself. Mm-hmm. But if you do get it, I want you to hold off uh, calling it until we get to the end of the list. Okay. Right? But if you if you notice what's wrong with it, uh, just, just say, hey, hey uh, I think I figured it out. Okay. Yeah. And this but is don't counting, say what it actually is. And this is counting the manga, like, all the way up. Okay. This, all the way yes, up to the... Yes. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, let's start with number 10. 
Toshiro. Toshiro Hitsugaya. Not her. I'll say this is not a horrendous take. Toshiro is very strong. Yeah, and he definitely proved, at least in his adult form, that he can contend with somebody like Gerard Valkyrie. Yeah. Um. So yeah, right. not not bad. Kisuke. And eh, also not bad, but not horrible. Like yeah, above Toshiro's questionable, but like. It could be you couldn't you can do worse. So you know, I'll, I'll reserve like final judgments until like we kind of we we start seeing some really bad stuff. All right, all right. Number Lily, eight is Lil Baro. Lil Baro. Uh, okay. I dis I disagree. At number eight. Okay. Definitely think, top five material. Oh, you think he's top five in terms of okay? Because uh, um, short of like they needed hacks to beat him. True, but okay. Well, I guess we can we can kind of talk um okay all right let's see all right good art seven is gerard valkyrie i think i think good art's he yeah yeah he's really he is strong. top he's like top four like top three because like they never beat him yeah they never beat Osh, him it was just the ashwalan ashwalan yeah um Kimpanchi. Kimpanchi should not be above Gerard. Um exactly. And he definitely shouldn't be higher. Toshiro, yeah, Honestly, no. Toshiro Toshiro yeah. would Toshiro, like manga and I can't speak for like light novels, but manga to manga, Toshiro would bully this Kenpachi. I actually agree with you because I think um this version of Kenpachi when he just learned Bankai is not his strongest form because his body is just not used to it. Mm -hmm. So I think uh Hitsugai is like sheer skill and experience in using his Bankai does momentarily outweigh Kenpachi current level of expertise uh, as he stands right now however dot 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 assuming kenpachi hasn't like has trained the last 12 years or so mm -hmm. the i can't imagine him uh not having surpassed hitsugaya at this moment in time no, assuming he he's trained he, the last 12 years he probably has but based yeah. off the like based off like thousand year blood war feats toshiro would would kind of beat him up bad like yeah I think like he can he can reasonably stop him, mm -hmm. but I definitely think Kenpachi's like he has the potential to be like top three. Mm -hmm. All right, number five is Aizen. Sure. Uh, really, I disagree. I think he's the third strongest person in the series. Okay, so uh, we're talking strength or like who wins? Uh, both. They okay. kind of go hand in hand. They go hand in hand, but they are like so. For example, Ichigo is stronger than like Goodard, but I don't know if Ichigo can kill Goodard, which is why why I'm like, okay, which one are we talking? Like, are we talking like Ryatsu slash strength, and like, are we talking like stats? Or are we talking about like these these two characters are going at it? Who wins? Because if we're because that includes stats, right? But it's not limited to that as well. It's limited to like it it encompasses hacks and things so like that. So the way the way I define like these rankings to to myself mm -hmm. is uh raw power and what percentage of them versus x do they come out on top okay. so for aizen it's aizen versus x is him. about 99 yeah. to okay. like 98 percent, right so uh that's like why i put him so high and honestly i think it's a reasonable argument to put him above uh gerard valkyrie because they're both technically immortal mm. so like a battle with them would be like eternal yeah that's fair all right so uh next is ichibe ichibe, now, this one, ichibe is weird um yeah Aizen probably beats him though yeah i think so too because i don't know if i don't know how ichibe handles something like the hogyo who existing because like does his name think affect aizen independent of the hogyo or vice versa aizen's like mutated biologically right like he's he's like a different creature than he was it's not like the hogyoku is like conditional up like like his 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 form his current form or his current body isn't conditional on the hogyoku for survival necessarily it's kind of there as a part of him and can probably make him stronger if he ever 
you know, gets to that point again. So I don't, I don't see Ichibe going quietly, but I don't see him completely dominating Aizen. Yeah, I, I put it at like 60-40 Aizen's way. Okay, that's fair. What do you think? Um, I mean, I think Aizen would pretty solidly beat Ichibe. Um, What's your ratio? I mean, I don't necessarily have a ratio to it, but I think it's like Aizen might have some difficulty depending on how seriously he takes the fight. Um, if we're counting like Aizen in character, he might he might mess around too much and kind of get messed up if he gets splattered with the ink. But I think if Aizen like takes it seriously, it's just Kyoko Suigetsu and then he just... He can just kind of like kill Ichibe when he's not aware of everything that's going on. So you think it's a matter of who draws their uh, Zanpakuto first? I think, well, Aizen is a Zanpakuto now, so I just L think- L I meant, I meant like the ability of oh, yeah, their, yeah. Uh, yeah. Honestly, I don't think it's about so, that. I think if Aizen takes it seriously, he wins relatively easily. If he doesn't, it's a drawn out fight until he takes it seriously. That's how I feel about it. Okay, better question before we move on to number three. Mm -hmm. Do you think Ichibe can cancel out Aizen's immortality? Um, I'd have to reread his fight with Yuha to be honest, in order to remember like how his so, abilities work particularly. Uh. So the way he cuts names, right? So mm -hmm. for example, he uh, does this thing where he cuts the the name of something in half to like mm -hmm. half its power. Yeah. So I wonder, would you consider Aizen's immortality part of his power? Yeah, but I don't know how you cut immortality in half. I don't know what that. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm. That's that's what I'm confused about too. So it really depends on how Kubo would handle cutting Aizen's immortality. Because if he can cut Aizen's immortality in half, and he just makes him have like regenerative abilities but he isn't as like Im but he isn't immortal mm -hmm. then i definitely think ichibe stands like a much better chance yeah i guess it i mean it, it depends on how you interpret like how ichibe's powers interact with him yeah like ichibe and lil baro are like the only and um gerard maybe not gerard to the same extent but like they're the only creatures that i could ever see aizen having like a serious problem with i think aizen beats him pretty well he doesn't it's weird he doesn't kill it's, him it's i guess but he beats him yeah. like he doesn't he doesn't really lose but how right because like is is aizen still a transcendent being like has he reached the level of like lil barrow's weird bird owl form where he's able to like harm him or does he still like fall under that category of like not being in the same playing field as Lil Baro and then So wait, uh let me see. You 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 don't have to remember what chapter Lil Baro's fight is, right? Cuz I don't really like I know he's strong. No. I know like generally he's like intangible blah blah blah, but I don't remember like the specifics of his abilities. Let me let me find that real quick while we're talking about this. Depending on how Lil well, how Lil Baro's abilities work, it may it may change. I know, but his powers aren't really they, they aren't the thing that makes him hard to beat necessarily because mm -hmm. after the sniper rifle thing the main problem just happened to be damaging him because mm -hmm. he was like oh i can only be damaged by a weapon of like the gods or something along those lines yeah realistically right like how far off would you consider aizen from like fitting that description because for all i know lil baro he wasn't stated to be an aspect of the soul king yeah no i don't think so yeah so that's god like that's that's the god in bleach so lil baro is Definitely not even at the Soul King like level. He's not a part of the Soul King, but he's not so weak that he's like on the same level as like everybody else because he was able to come back and evolve from uh, an attack from Shunsu's Bankai. So he's like somewhere in the middle, which is actually funny enough where I would put Aizen. I'd put him at that level too because he isn't an aspect of the Soul King, but he's like beyond Soul Reapers. Yes, I think, but I do... I think in terms of like he's not an aspect of the Soul King, but I definitely think he's he's above like Lily Barrow in terms of like how I think the only problem Eisen Eisen doesn't get touched. I don't think. I mean, 
because he just activates Kyoko Suigetsu, right? And then Luliball mm-hmm. is shooting at nothing. The only problem is I don't know how he kills him, and I need to yeah, look back at that real that, quick. That's why this matchup is just so fascinating to me. And it's, um, I don't know if you remember, but you, me, and Doofy talked about it during our intermission when mm-hmm. we shot that episode of the podcast, right? And I, to this day, it is still like the most fascinating Bleach matchup to me because of just how bizarre uh, Kubo wrote uh, Lil Barrow to be. Mm-hmm. let's just say the little borrow eyes fight is a toss-up for them for right now and then we can get into like a full debate later on but this it's like a fun it's a fun thing to think about right mm-hmm. okay so number four is ichibe i don't mind too much it's in the top five i think he's definitely powerful enough to justify it mm-hmm. Maria? yeah i mean i think i'm not mad at the take i'd have to sit down and think about it a little bit more and be like okay this character versus this character blah 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 but i don't think it's a bad take mm-hmm. so all right so let's move on to number three Ryu, that's a horrible take. I know. This is like, this is peak CBR if I've ever seen it, dude. Mm -hmm. Because, let's just read their explanation. If actions are what denotes power in Bleach's universe, do you agree with that take? Is this like your metric for power? Feats, you mean? Like, feats of power? Yeah, feats of power are statements that are like, are like data book statements or statements of power from other characters. Uh, Yes. So, then Ishida's last-minute attack to dispel Yuwacha's founds. <laughs> it's roughly one of the most monumental actions ever taken. I can't... This is... It ignores context, th- so I don't even really... It ignores it. so much context. The fact that he just, like, didn't casually do that. He needed to get uh, the silver uh, thing that was implanted in his mom's heart after the Eshwalan happened to her. Like, there's so many it's, layers. It's also, it's like, like, useless because it works on exclusively, like, Quincy. Exclusively, you watch. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's one of the most powerful Quincy of all time. With this ability to reverse time between two points of his choice being a definite highlight in his massive arsenal of powers, he used it once, and it wasn't on you watch. And that's why this bugs me. Because let's say he managed to, like, undo Yuwacha's powers or something crazy like that, right? Mm-hmm. I can sort of see this list, th- this placement being justified. But he never did. That's not how he, like, damaged uh, Yuwacha. And he was losing to Hashwath, by the way. Mm-hmm. The only reason Hashwath, like, died was because of the Eshwalan again. And I think, and I think, like, even if you say, like, Antithesis is, like, this catch-all thing for, for victory... All of these characters, like, most of the characters that they've shown on the list can quite literally one-shot him, so that's an irrelevant ability. Like, he has to sustain the damage, right, in order for it Mm -hmm. to be used in that function. Ichigo rips through him with his sword. Aizen does the same thing. Ichibe does the same thing. Like, most of these characters would kill him in a way that, like, the antithesis simply isn't worth anything. Just take Aizen, for example. Even if the damage was sufficient enough to kill him it would be undone in like three seconds yeah and you know you know how i know that because with hashwalth who wasn't aizen it basically was he just transferred all the damage that uh, ishida put on him into his fucking uh shield yeah because the thing is it has to be a survivable amount of damage right or because if it's not he'll die right exactly so if you give somebody a survivable amount of damage and you're someone with regen like eyes and it doesn't matter and especially if like you're on the weaker end of this like relative scale like if you if you're barely able to contain all these injuries and you're fighting somebody who's like even marginally stronger than you they're not going to be at the same scale of like uh impeding you know what i mean yeah terrible take from cbr all right now let's get on to number two ichigo oh uh, he's definitely not two he's strong but he's not too because ichigo's abilities are very very meathead 
dumb dumb level right do you fall into the camp of you watch stole his quincy powers or do you fall into the camp of uh when Tsukushima stabbed his blade in ichigo he restored it i mean i thought he he restored all of ichigo's powers when he used book of the end that's how yeah, i interpret but, but then uh when you watch was hit with uh ishida's um uh arrow it only stopped the almighty and the absorption happened during ichigo's like strike on you watch in that moment and that's when uh it transferred from his bankai all the way back to like classic zangetsu mm. Gotcha. So at that point, uh, Tsukushima had already done his thing. So do you think Ichigo no longer has his Quincy powers? I mean, it's possible. I just don't think his Quincy powers contribute much to his overall strength. Well, we don't we don't know because he never he was never able to use his Bankai post Zangetsu Awakening. Well, I mean, also, wait, wait, well, I really love the dual blade. Yeah, it was, it's super cool. But wait, what? Wait, what? Quincy powers do you think he like? He he shows off in a fight because like I only think it's like Blute Vein, really. Uh, yeah. Works. So, uh, yes, Blute Vein, but I meant more so uh, the fact that he was able to have that white streak on his bankai. I I don't know like what it does, right? Because you watch cut it off, so Ichigo couldn't use it, obviously. So I like. I can only speculate on how powerful it could have been. But if Almighty Watch was like, yeah, it would have presented a problem, then, you know, yeah, obviously it would have been a problem. So I don't know if he still has it, because in the Hell arc, he, he isn't shown, to, he's still shown to be using classic Zangetsu. Yeah, I guess I guess we'll have to see when it happens, but I'm not sure. Yeah, so uh, for right now, I think two is a fair place to put Ichigo if he lost his Quincy powers. Mm-hmm. All right, now number one is Yuach. Now, I don't think this is, like, too bad, considering how powerful he was by the end of the series. Yeah. Um, now that we've gotten to the end of the list, I just... Have you noticed yet, Ronan? Have you noticed what's wrong with this list? Um, No Yamamoto, maybe? Yes, sir! You guessed it right! Yamamoto is nowhere on this list. <laughs> yeah, um... I just... When did you realize? I mean, I realized when he wasn't, like, at eight. I was like, okay, yeah. If there... There's probably no way they're going to put him much higher than 8, considering how early in the war he gets taken out. But yes, Yamamoto doesn't even crack the top 10, according to CVR. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no. I don't see how Uryu's on here and Yamamoto isn't, so... At 3. He's at 3. Yeah, no. By the way, just this transition from 4 to 3 is hilarious. You get Ichibe, and then you scroll, and it's fucking Uryu. Yeah. Uri's not like a pushover, but he's not top three in the verse. Like, he's not even top six. He's not even. I don't think he's, he's not top even top 10. ten. No, he's not top ten. Honestly, if we if I were to make my own top ten list right now, and please feel free to join me. Um, for me, I would put Yuach at number one, mm-hmm. Ichigo at number two, Aizen at number three. Uh, number four Wait, is who where would you put I would. Two? Number two is Ichigo. Number three is Aizen. Ichigo over and Aizen. Interesting. I'll put it to you this way: I don't know what the deal is with Aizen's powers. Uh, despite the butterfly form being gone, because he's stated to be stronger, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously, the only matchup he's had is with Yuach, so you can't really assess it beyond that point but he and ichigo they, they were going back and forth so i think two and three is a decent chunk of uh like they can definitely go back and forth between these two levels i think that's a fair uh, assessment to both of them yeah i think they're relative but i just think aizen's abilities just make ichigo lose badly like i'd, I'd argue in terms of riyatsu speed strength yeah they you can definitely say okay these characters are relative but then you incorporate like what does ichigo have kids you get 10 shows and then aizen has you know, you look at me, you are now under my illusion forever. Like, okay. I know, but Ichigo d- does never had that weakness with Aizen. No, Aizen's never used it on him. But Aizen, 
Aizen, in fact, states, I'm glad I never used it on you so we could coordinate our attacks. Like, Aizen could. Aizen just chose not to, right? Which is, like, a big plot point in the... Uh... And, oh, yeah. Sorry, I just forgot about that. Man, what a weird thing for him to do. Whatever. But, yeah, I'd put... Like, obviously, like, it's relative, to me, at least. Mm -hmm. So, I think Ichigo being a number two... In terms of raw power, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think the only reason I you you'd be making this argument is because of Aizen's immortality getting in the way. Like if Aizen didn't have his immortality and he and Ichigo like went at it, I think Ichigo would come out on top at least like fifty five percent of the time. I think even if you remove his immortality and regen, Aizen wins just because Kyoko Suigetsu. Like if you argue like he decided like he it's either die or use it. He's gonna use it and then beat him and. Because I, I, what is Ichigo going to do, right? He doesn't know where Aizen is. Aizen now just gets, like, three attacks all over. I just don't see how Ichigo surpasses that or deals with that. Well, if that ever happened, uh, Kubo will give him a new ability. Sure, sure. Alright, but yeah, so, uh, just to recap so far, one is you watch, two is Ichigo, three is Aizen. Now, four, I would actually keep Ichibe. Sure. Now, five is, I think, where it might get a little controversial. And that's where I'd put uh, Zaraki. Uh, you put Kampachi there? Uh... Yes. Um, the only, like, the main reason why is because he was able to cut Gerard Valkyrie in half in his Bankai form. And the fact that he had more power to spare, but it's just the uh, fact that his body couldn't handle it because it was obviously so brand new, leaves a lot for me in terms of, like, his upper potential that uh, I want to... I, I, I want to say that, like, <clears throat> Kenpachi, as he probably is right now, as of the House of uh, Hell arc, is a solid five. Where, where like, people to the left or right of Kenpachi, you know, six downward, mm -hmm. are uh, weaker than him, but everybody above him is, like, inhuman. Like, like I Ichibe, like, cl claps Kenpachi. Um... Yeah, but I just don't think, I don't, like, I mean, I guess if we speculate that he's gotten stronger, which he most likely has, sure, but I just, I'm just going off of, like, where the, like, the manga ends off. I think Toshiro mm -hmm. would be, I don't even think Toshiro would necessarily be number five, but he should, he should definitely be at least one spot above Kenpachi. Actually, fuck, no, I'd switch Zoraki and Yamamoto, that's what I'd do. So, Yamamoto would be number five, and then Zoraki would be number six, because I just remembered how insane Yamamoto's Bankai is, right? And, uh... There's two there's two versions of this, right? I'd actually beef Yamamoto to four if he had his his other arm still intact. But because he's uh, one armed, uh and he was still and he was still that powerful, I'd put him at number five. Gotcha. Cause cause like in Bleach, dude, when you lose an arm, you like lose half your power. Uh for sure. Yeah, that is quite a bit of power loss. Yeah. <laughs> and especially if you're like a what was it what's the art called? Kaido? Kendo? Mm-hmm. Oh, Where yeah. like you if yeah. You like double so, your strength by holding it you sword with two hands, yeah. Yeah. And Yamamoto was like an expert in that, so yeah. So Zoraki would be number six, and then number seven, I would actually keep uh, Gerard Valkyrie. Okay. Like I can't imagine anybody in the series beating this guy. I'll, I'll be real. Like he has, I think, a better version of immortality than Aizen does, because this guy is just—he's invincible. Short of the only, like, short of you watch and the Soul King, he is literally invincible. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'd say it's better. They seem to have very similar levels of immortality because Aizen evolves when he gets when he gets beat up too. So uh, I might keep Lil Baro at eight just because his form was basically you know invincible minus hacks. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think it's fair to keep him at eight. Uh, so nine and ten is where Hitsugaya at number nine. Mm -hmm. 
or maybe Byakuya. I don't know. I go back and forth because for me, the the problem with that I have with Hitsugaya is that he this isn't his normal like base form. This is like super conditional like Bankai uh, exhausted uh, Hitsugaya. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And uh, I go by the statement uh, Shunsui made in regards to Hitsugaya, where he's like, yeah, in a hundred years he'll surpass me, and it's only been twelve. So I personally think he's about twelve percent of the way to uh, surpass Shunsui. Interesting. Which okay. isn't enough. So number nine, actually, I want to put Byakya. For, for now, I'll, I'll leave it at Byakya. So to recap quickly, Byakya is number 10. Shunsui is number nine. Uh, Lil Baro is number eight. Gerard Valkyrie is number seven. Zara Izaraki would be number six. Yamamoto is number five. Uh, Ichibei is number four. Uh, Aizen is number three. Ichigo is number two. And then Yuachi is number one. Got you. Um, okay. Your turn. I'm still ranking. Let's see. Uh, so far, I have one through seven. One, I got Yuha. Two, I have right, Aizen. Right. Three, I, and this is in terms wow. of not, not raw power. This is in terms of like, I think the person above them beats everyone below them. Like in a 1v1 or whatever. So, okay. Yuha, Aizen, Goodard, Ichigo, Ichibe, Yamamoto, and Whoa, Kenpachi. you'd put you'd put Gerard above Ichigo. Ichigo's not killing Gerard, I don't think. So, yeah. What? How many times would Ichigo need to kill Gerard before it becomes too much for him to handle? Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure Gerard just takes the damage that was accrued by that person and then gets, like, and, uh, like, gets to that size based off how much damage he takes. So, like, if Ichigo disintegrates him or whatever with the Kazuga Tensho, um, then I'm pretty sure he would just get... Sh he would just grow bigger than he ever did against um, Byaki, Atoshiro, and Kenpachi, and then just be stronger. Yeah, but I'd say, like, it would take Ichigo, like, 30 to 50 kills consistently of, like, his entire body to, uh, to, like, overwhelm him. Um, I mean, even if it does, it would just, it would just be a longer, it'd just be a long battle. But I still think Gerard in the end would win. Just by sheer, like, evolution. Yeah, okay. Um, Ichigo is number four, Ichibe is number five, Yamamoto is number six, number seven is Kenpachi. Mm. Uh, let's see. And I'm trying to think of characters I have after that. Um. Would you keep Lil Burrow in the top ten? Uh, I don't know. I, I have to read up on Lily Barrow's abilities again. Like, I don't, I just don't remember his fight with Shunsui very well. Um, number eight. Let's see. Wait, if I, hold on. No, yeah, if I'm putting Kenpachi on here, never mind. A number seven would go to Adult Toshiro, and then number, wow. number eight would go to Kenpachi. Um, number nine. Man, I'm having a lot of trouble, like, figuring out these characters rank okay let me ask you this why do you have Byaki so high because i may be forgetting something that he does okay so uh i'm kind of back and forth with Byakia and uh hitsugaya mm -hmm. but the reason why i have Byakia slightly above him is that uh hitsugaya has taken so many l's it's almost a meme and uh Byakia has taken one l that he then basically made up for by not even rematching the guy but, be but by becoming so powerful that it wasn't worth the rematch and then he like used his second form bankai to uh, obliterate Gerard Valkyrie's head mm -hmm. after like 12 or 13 evolutions after Zoraki's bankai the fact that uh, Toshiro in his adult form was able to instantly freeze uh, Gerard Valkyrie is pretty cool but Valkyrie kind of broke out of it rather instantaneously mm -hmm. and it wasn't it slowed him down ish enough for uh Byakia to use his bankai to like mutilate his head you know what i mean yeah my biggest problem with hitsugaya's uh powers are that you can feel and this is good writing on kubo's part i'll admit you can feel how much being a child like cripples his own power 
because of a his inexperience and like refinement in you know using it and b in just that his biggest limiter is his own body mm-hmm. and that's and that's why he needs to be an adult to use like the ultimate version of his bankai yeah so yeah. Um, so that was my thought that was my thought process for putting byakuya over hitsugaya see i i don't know why i am so stuck on these number not like the number nine and ten spot uh and i feel like i'm I'm probably like forgetting like some obvious character i guess i'll put lily Baro. he's he's pretty strong he's hard to kill and then for number 10 i'll just say kiske, kiske. i this is this probably really? this probably is nebulous this is probably nebulous to change but um, putting him there just because I can't, I for I can't think of anybody else that I'd put. Okay, so why Kisuke over Byakuya? Byakuya's like only like feet is like attacking a Gerard when like he's set up for like while while Byaki is like charging up this attack in the background like while Toshiro and um and Pachi were fighting. I just don't think he pulls it off in the middle of a fight like normal because if he could i don't think kenpachi would have even been needed in the first place i don't know man i like uh, I, I, i'm more curious about your justification for orohara than i am like why not byakuya L- like 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 is it his bankai is it like his entire arsenal because because if that's if it's his entire arsenal right mm-hmm. wouldn't you say that mayori is like comparable and he's technically got more battle experience Mayuri might be comparable in terms of like intelligence or whatever, but I don't. I just don't think he fights as strong as a shoot Stoffel. I think Askin is stronger than Pernida. Um, and then, really, yeah. Uh, I think but Askin's. Pr- Pr- I think Askin's one of the stronger like shoot Stoffel. No, but Pernida is like a much more irritating opponent. He's kind of like um, uh, what's his name, Black Sperm from One Punch Man. Do you remember that fight? The sheer level of hacks it took to uh, kill Pernida was like insane. I mean, I agree, but. Like, if you hit Askin once, right, and you don't kill him, and he just adapts to your spiritual pressure, you can't kill him anymore. Um, which is, like, to me, big. it's a bigger issue than most characters in Bleach can say. Like, For example, him fighting uh, Kenpachi at the beginning before he fought Mayori necess- necessitated Kenpachi tearing off his own arm. That's a Kenpachi who still had his eye patch on, though, which is fine. It's just a nerfed Kenpachi. I know, but that was a nerve thing. Like, like it doesn't matter how strong he would have been, you know? I mean, it, it would because it's about spiritual. Like, all their abilities are relying on spiritual pressure. So, like, at, like affecting, like, the fact that Kenpachi could react to the spread of his ability while being nerfed, to me, it shows, like, a little bit of, uh, a, little bit of a power difference. Also, I think you look at him, like, kind of, like, base to base before they get, like, their powers back or whatever from Yuha. Um, you remember when they went up to the Soul Palace and then were doing their thing or whatever? Askin is the only one who was able to, like, react to, um, fuck, I can't remember his name. The guy with, like, the, 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 the sword that was too sharp or whatever. Um. Oh, uh, Omita. Yeah. He was the only one to, like, all the other shoot stuff got one shot and blitzed, right? But Askin was able to, like, actually react and dodge a lethal attack from him, right? And then get off his own attack, at, like, simultaneously or whatever. And he would have actually beat him if uh, there wasn't, like, interference from other people. All the other ones got bullied, and I'm thinking if they all, you know, if Yuha gives them equal amounts of power, which I'm not assuming there's a reason to give them no, but, equal uh, amounts of power, but... But uh, Gerard and uh, Pernito are the only ones that he didn't give power to. Th- their powers are already their own. No, all of their powers were their own. Um, but I but Yuha was giving was granting them back to him. Like Lily Baro got his powers back or like um is that's why right after Yuha gives them their abilities back, Lily Baro like one shots the rest of them. 
I didn't think, you know, it's so weird. The top three are like relatively easy, but when you get down to like the middle and then the bottom, it's like hard yeah, to, to scale some I of think, these characters. I think Bleach gets very complex with attacks. So uh, it kind of like, I have to either argue that like characters have a big enough gap where they're like spiritual pressure neg their opponents so their hacks don't matter. But if they're relative, you can get into a very strange, like, hacked and intelligence battle. Hard to, like, determine one character over another. And honestly, just threw Kisuke in there because, I mean, probably Askin would be a better fit than Kisuke, to be honest. I guess No, I'd... but Kisuke, Kisuke, like, he bullied him, though. I mean, he bullied him with Grimjow's help, I guess, but... Alright, um... whoa, whoa. Like, Grimjow, like, capitalized on all of Kisuke's absurd hard work, and it was still Kisuke's plan... And even after all of that, he still had enough foresight to recruit Nell. Yeah, I still think it falls under the umbrella of uh, Urahara as, like, an opponent. I mean, if you say that, like, if you say, like, Urahara gets, like, other people for his plans, then sure. But it's no longer a 1v1. That's, like, I think if you give, if you still give Urahara well, his intelligence, but take away his ability to, to use Grimjow and, and Nell, he loses. Okay, but do you do you still retain his his other arsenal of like uh, body doubles and everything else? For sure, I think he has a pretty well, good arsenal. But I don't know, I don't know how but, relevant that is with like if you just say that like you know, okay, yeah, now Askin got hit with his spiritual pressure, now he can't. Ooh, hold on, hold on. So if you were to put Mayuri in this, like if you were to do this list with Mayuri, right, and he was like in your number ten, would you like allow him to have Nemo? Because that's technically like part of his arsenal yeah that's something yeah i mean that's that's standard equipment for mayuri that's something he brings yeah, but, into every fight but like she's technically another person right and okay okay better example would you let mayuri use his zombies um and i wouldn't care i don't think they're necessary i don't think they add all that much to his arsenal like i mean normally like if you were to say yeah does mayuri normally have them no nemu yeah because there's not a single fight where he doesn't have her on standby right mm -hmm. but there are several fights in the series even after he displays that he has zombies where he like versus um pernida he doesn't use them right even though he should have access to them it's just not standard equipment for him like to me nemu is like sim is like akin to a zanpak toe for like bleach characters like are, are they their own beings that have like sentient sure but they're also things that are used in every battle that they're in anyways so considered like her okay. standard equipment but you don't think like biakia could have taken on askin uh no i because I, I don't think biakia like unless biakia uses his like ultimate move send bone soccer or whatever he says right and kills him in one shot he he loses as as soon as he hits him one time and doesn't kill him askin now just bullies him the rest of the fight yeah, you know, no, I, I can get it with Kisuke. Because you know what my line of thinking is? If Kisuke was the one that had the master plan instead of Aizen, I definitely think he'd be the Soul King right now. I mean, sure. But I think the only reason Aizen isn't the Soul King is because he didn't, it's not what he truly desired, I guess. Like, the only reason he lost is because he didn't want to. That's not really what the Hogeku saw deep in what he, what he truly wanted i don't know man like like i said before at the beginning of the podcast i like your interpretation but it's just not what was stated in the story so i can't adopt it you know what i mean well, like what what about it is not like ichigo explicitly said that it was a symptom of aizen's strength not his ambition yeah but i mean like one the the wait wait what are you talking about the loneliness um from the loneliness I mean, I, from the blade thing yeah, okay. I don't necessarily... I mean, I think 
you can if you take it to its most literal extreme he you can think say he's talking about like physical strength but i i think kubo tends to not be so straightforward with like the way he like he writes things i don't think ichigo is necessarily meaning like you know because aizen is definitively stronger than everybody else in terms of like raw power he's like you know this whatever right i or he's lonely i think it was it's kind of cumulative of aizen's traits that make him strong um if that makes sense because i personally i think i think strength without ambition is not it's not really like if you have potential without ambition you can't be strong right if you have intelligence without ambition you can't be like or if you have like a like a, i guess like a mental potential without ambition to learn and grow and do whatever and use it you're not very you're not very intelligent but i think if you lack those two things and only have ambition all you are is an is an ambitious loser right and eisen was just a composite of those three things in a way that really surpassed most other people and honestly the only reason kisuke was like so i mean kisuke is super smart right but kisuke was like, he did lose in a mental battle with Aizen before, and I think that's what led Iskate becoming even more intelligent. He lost that trusting, super kind nature he has that Aizen kind of, like, away from him when he when he made uh, him out to be, like, this betrayer of the Soul Society. Because I think Aizen already makes it clear that, like, he's not being literal, right? Because, um... One, he had like he's the one who had the ability to transcend like hollows and shinigami, clearly showing he's not the same as everybody else. Whatever, even if we ignore that, right? And Aizen's like, he's like, he he's. We know that Aizen's problem is not just people aren't intelligent because he's like, when he's talking to Kisei, he's like, with that brilliant, with a mind as brilliant as yours, why do you accept the status quo? How can you keep obeying the Soul King, right? Like. He's like, you have the logic of a loser, right? He's like, the 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 difference between Aizen and Kisuke is because Kisuke is like content with where he is and what how the world is. Aizen is not, right? And Aizen has at least the self perceived strength to impose his own ideology on the world rather than accept the ideology the world has imposed on him. So I think maybe you could look at it as a as a form of like mental strength. The strength doesn't have to be a literal Mairiatsu like bullies yours type of deal i just i think bleach is a little bit more poetic than that than just being like super duper straightforward all the time i still come out of the other side loving aizen as a character but i love the motivation of i just seek to destroy all others who control me because like to me like that's the hard line right like that's the that's like my favorite aizen moment right there and that's like a motivation that i could definitely get behind it, it, it resonates with me personally mm-hmm so I guess to me, I'm like, well, this reason is well, way more than sufficient, right? You don't need this thing of he's so strong, it's lonely. Well, here's the thing. I just looked at the, the panel where he was talking about it. He never says he's lonely because he's, he's so strong. It's like he's lonely. He's born with exceptional powers, and he wanted somebody else who, bo- who had similar worldviews to him, right? Of like the world should be changed because of our strength. So maybe you could say... Kenpachi is stronger, right? Or has more potential. Or Yamamoto is stronger. Kisuke is smarter. But they don't share his perspective on the world of, like, desiring to change because they have the ability to. And therefore, he's lonely because nobody understood him. Even though they shared similar powers, they didn't share the thing that was most important to Aizen, maybe. 
which is why he, I think that's why Eisen's always talking about like how gods are like these things created by others, how like you know talking about like the weakness of trust and things of that nature, um, because he's never needed to do those things himself, um, and that and to him at least the strong don't need either of those things. They don't need a god because a god is something humans create out of weakness. And they don't know and they don't need trust because trust is born out of an inability to do everything on your own. Um, and I think that only that, like those those things stem from Eisen being unable to rely on anybody else to to share his worldview, to rely on in terms of strength, to rely on in terms of intelligence. Like he is like on, on a general level one of the most perfect like Shinigami from it's from the perspective of like you know dan like danger levels or whatever. Like there's just not very many people who can stand toe to toe with him as a as a person right and i think that may get lonely mm. and that's that's how i interpreted it but i don't think it's so like ichigo says it so blatant bluntly where you can be like oh he's talking about you know his raw destructive capacity or something like that yeah so i love aizen he's probably my favorite bleach character so like i i need to like be ultra specific about that like like i'm not saying that i did like, like i it just makes me dislike aizen more i'm just saying i see it as like an inconsistency in how it was written for his motivation when you compare it to something like when you take a look around the world it doesn't match up at least from my perspective that's just how i meant it i got you mm -hmm. all right so i think that's a that's like the end of hopefully i don't know about you but like the first bleach video podcast yeah. episode Sure. Uh, this was definitely fun. I don't think we even scratched the surface of what you and I can talk about with Bleach. Mm -hmm. yeah, I gotta, gotta ghost everybody, bro. I'm on my Sigma grind set. I can't talk to people right now. Bro, I, you know, you joke, but I'm I, I'm, I'm, genuinely curious how it's going. Because um, for those of you... Uh, oh, yeah, I, we never actually announced it. Uh, so next week is going to be our New Year's like year in review episode where uh, Ron, and I, Ron and I are going to talk about, you know our year so far 2021 what we liked what we didn't like milestones we wish we could have hit etc etc and more or less our new year's resolutions um so i guess this is, this will be like a teaser for next episode mm -hmm. but like generally speaking how's that how's that been going i know you've been like trying to stock up on videos and tiktoks and stuff uh yeah i'm gonna be honest with you I've been, I mean, I've been kind of like, I've been running into like a mental like block or whatever. I mentioned that like a few weeks back, but I think the problem is I don't let myself just I take a step back. I'm kind of brute forcing it right now. I'm not feeling the creative juices. Um, so I just keep turning the key in the ignition, hoping for something else to start. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely stocking up on scripts, doing that type of stuff, but I got to kick it into to maximum overdrive soon so I can have videos for the first month at least, TikTok and YouTube-wise, you know. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm doing my best. I, that's, that's all I can really say, honestly. Huh. Um, how, how is the short-form stuff going? Because um, that's, 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 like, super interesting to me. It kind of depends. So, like, I, I script, even though they're, they're very short videos, I script, like, whatever videos if I'm talking about something. Um, or mm -hmm. I, sometimes I'll cut it out. But the scripting process is so unbelievably easy. Um, the recording, it's honestly, it's super easy for me. Like, making that type of stuff is easy. The only problem is doing that and making normal-length videos. So, 
It's the problem is doing both. Is it's not so much that making the short form content is hard. It's how do I make the short form content and the regular content on the channel both at like a consistent rate? Because my goal is to post at least you know one TikTok a day, just start up. Because I don't know how how hard it's going to be to keep going. So like one a day, right? And video wise, I want to go to like um like. You know, but you're sort of... you're stack you're stacking up, no? Yeah, yeah, you I should am. be. Yeah, I am stacking. Because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, yeah. You know, um, I don't know if you want to keep this part in, yeah. but, uh, I'm curious how have you given any thought to a um schedule of sorts uh, into the new year? Um, yeah, I know the explained videos are still going to be a once a week thing. Those are still going to be every Sunday, which is fine. I can keep mm -hmm. those up. Um, and I'm thinking, I don't know what type of videos, but I'm thinking like, um like sundays and wednesdays honestly because like that way you know the explained videos do their thing for the first half of the week wednesday kind of bumps up and then it holds them off until sunday again and i do that type of thing but are you still gonna have time uh for the podcast yeah yeah i will um like i don't mean that in like a guilt trippy way i genuinely am curious oh no yeah, like, yeah yeah no yeah, i will because when we started this like it was very much like this cannot um interfere type suck thing. from yeah. yeah yeah no no uh for sure my th goal is because one of the editors I really like going to is on like a break or whatever because they have college stuff, you know. So mm -hmm. when they come back, my output will probably go back up again. Um, but I'm starting to face the problem of bottlenecking, like for the TikToks, right? I have let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten that are just audio right now mm. and they're short i can probably it's just so i just opening up premiere pro to be like editing 10 different videos just makes me like nauseous i'm like dude i do not want to do this right now god you do them at once gross yeah i mean when i script i script multiple videos at once when i record i record multiple at once and then when i edit i edit multiple at once not at once but like back you... to back to back oh okay yeah i was gonna be like how do you even like how do you even feel like you're doing anything? <laughs> yeah, nah. I, I just go like, okay, this video is done. You know, try not to throw up. Now open up Premiere Pro for a new project or whatever. So, see, I don't know. I don't know how you do it. The second I'm like done with a project, I don't t like. I I actually force myself to take a day break. Mm -hmm. Like like a, like I I'm like I I I was productive. I did a thing. All right, pencils down. I need a break because my my worst fear is um burning out completely of youtube yeah like i like i can't hate this that's like my personal rule i just i can't hate this yeah i agree which is why i want to get to a point financially where i can just like consistently every video i can just have edited by somebody um because that's how i think i'm going to be able to avoid that but right now i just i can't and certain people I'm okay with editing certain videos. Like, explain videos, I'm okay if they aren't those, like, these super highly edited things or whatever. That's cool. CBR list, I'm cool if they're not these super highly edited videos. But, like, uh, the Bleach video I dropped, right? I wanted that to be yeah, super well put together. And the editor I sent it to did really well. But, obviously, editing at that high up a level takes time. And, you know. And money. And money, yeah. So, you know, it's kind of like, I'm still trying to find that happy medium right now. Which, you know, I'm hoping in... In 2022, if I grow, like, honestly, 2022 is going to be a really, it's going to be a good opportunity to grow because of how many big anime are coming out, right? Um, yeah. Like, God, dude, yeah. dude, I know we focused on Bleach for this one, but we didn't even get into, like, the Thousand Year Blood War arc trailer or anything yeah. along those lines. Uh, just real quick, um, 
I don't know if that's going to be the final animation, but if it is, that, look, that looks crisp. Uh, I hope that they add some stuff to make the fights more fleshed out, because I know Kubo is really rushing it near the end. Mm -hmm. And um, hoping, praying, fingers crossed, that this is a no-filler type situation, because the manga's over. Yeah, I definitely don't think there will be filler. Um, like, the closest thing to filler I assume there will be was just, like, elongated fights. Um, that's probably that's probably it. There's no need to, you know. Well, okay, elongated fights might actually be a positive in this no, case. No, I, I, I want yeah. that. I do want that actually. Yeah. For certain characters, for so, other characters, I think Kubo was able to flesh it out. For some, I think like personally, I want to see a lot of Ichigo versus Yuhong, and yeah, yeah I want to see more of that. Th that final fight is going to be interesting. Oh, do you think that they're going to adapt the um f like the new arc as like the last episode? Because I'm I'm curious if they'll go that far. I doubt it personally. I wouldn't even want them to really, because it'd be weird. It's like they're they're. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that honestly. Well, because the last two chapters are the epilogue anyway, so it wouldn't really break uh break the vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I so, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just hoping because I don't think that's how it's. That's I mean, I'm not sure. Like the trailer is pre-animated, so that's it's it's meant to showcase like the style and the way they're gonna animate it. But based on how far they are, or how much they show, because they showed, like, Rookie and Renji after they came down from the Soul Palace, I can almost guarantee they aren't that far in actual production of the episodes. Um, mm. Because All that's right. the same studio that has to animate Boruto, they're consistently having projects, things of that nature. Are there any other series that you that you got, like, in hype for? Were there announcements or anything that, like, caught your attention? Uh, Hell's Paradise. I don't know if you've read that, but it's a... A manga by uh, uh, Yuji Kaku, who's uh, an assistant to um, Fujimoto, who wrote Chainsaw Man. Um, it's got mm. a pretty... I, I like it. It was. It's also being animated by MAPPA, so I'm Whoa. pretty excited about that. Yep. It's a lucky guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's... I'm excited. I think if they, if they pace it properly and they give it good animation, Chainsaw Man... You got Hell's Paradise. You got there's a bunch of stuff. Um, I'm honestly like super happy about like like 2022 might there might not be a season where I'm like I'm I'm like out of anime to watch on a weekly basis. Mob Psycho um, season three. I don't know if that's gonna be 2022, but it's you know it's getting a new season, which is pretty dope. But, I mean, uh, I was expecting a Black Clover movie announcement, but it didn't happen. So. Pretty sure. I mean, I'm. I don't really care about a Black Clover movie, so I mean, I'm not tripping. But wow. I do feel bad for my Black Clover fan homies. They're Man, they're they're stru Oh, you like Black Clover? I love Black Clover. You kidding? How me? did I not know this? Oh, maybe I, should, maybe I shouldn't slander Black Clover around you. All right, let me let me keep that in mind. Bro, keep it's, that in mind. It's my. It's it's like in my top ten. Oh. My yeah, can, man. My I, condolences. I my condolences. Well, it did beat out Fairy Tale, because no. I think like the perfect fantasy series is somewhere in between Fairy Tale and like Berserk. What do you mean by that? Like tone wise? Yeah, tone wise, stakes wise, and world building wise. Mm. I couldn't get too um, far into Fairy Tale myself personally. Like, I it was cool, but I just I just wasn't really that into it. Oh, a uh, couple random things. We'll we'll call this like a lightning round. Have you seen the Witcher series on Netflix? Uh no, I didn't. I haven't played the games either, but I've heard. I've well, heard yeah. good things about it. 
Yeah, so like I watched it over the weekend. That was like the, the other thing I did in my break. I didn't even tell you about that because like we just started this podcast. But yo, I had a great fucking weekend. Like mm-hmm. week, honestly. I like caught up on so much stuff because uh, I decided to take like a week off after my bleach video because that took me the better part of a month to like finalize mm-hmm. because of just how bad the footage was. So, you know, I, I appreciate you uh, saying it was concise earlier. I forgot to thank you for that because like that means so much to me considering whipping that thing into existence was a Herculean task. Um. Uh, anyway, so the this week I decided, oh, I'm going to just take take some time off, you know, recuperate, get back into the flow of making normal, not three-hour videos that I have to condense down, you know? And uh, I decided to, like, catch up on a bunch of stuff. I've been on a One Punch Man, like, rewatch, read everything that I mentioned earlier, but I also decided to check out the Witcher series on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I watch everything on, like, 1.5x speed, <laughs> to be honest with you. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So I was having a blast. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um... If you do plan on, like, I definitely recommend it for you. I think you'd really, really love it as, like, a piece of media. The one thing I'd say to you going in is uh, the first season is, it takes you, they don't acknowledge that it's a, that it's flashbacks, but they're flashbacks. So there's no X years uh, later or whatever. You kind of have to piece together the timeline yourself. But okay. if you pay attention, it's it's not difficult. It's still, like, the events are still well written, and so the characters, it's just that timeline thing is, might be a little jumbled. Um, the second season's fine, though. Um... But yeah, it was great, and I'm definitely excited for season three. And the world building is actually pretty solid. I was I was kind of surprised by that. It's it's like you don't have to know about the games at all. Turns out that, that it's actually based uh from this like book written in the 80s by a Polish author. Oh, okay. Huh. Yeah, the the Witcher is like its own like thing apparently. Uh, last thing. I think this is gonna be the last thing. I don't know. I talk a lot. <laughs> um. So I don't know if you check in on the comments of recent podcast episodes, but um, whenever I do, uh, I like to go through with people who um, talk about how much they love the podcast, as, narciss- as narcissistic as that sounds. But my other favorite comments are from people, like, like actually, my favorite, favorite comments of people who comment on podcast episodes are people that comment on something from deep in the episode, because I know it means they watch that far. So I, 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 always, I always love it, and I make it a point to respond to all those comments. And uh, somebody actually responded to your uh, Percy Jackson thing. Oh, I see. Yeah, uh, he said uh, he also agrees about per- like the revisiting Percy Jackson. He's uh, definitely in the camp of, yeah, I think like I, you should revisit it, and it holds up. Oh, that's dope. I'm glad to hear that, then. Yeah. Did you ever decide on that, by the way? I know you were I, on the fence on Twitter. Yeah, I was on the fence. I haven't, um, I haven't like, I haven't started it, but the books are definitely on standby, and I might just like break or whatever. Decided to just reread the entire series, honestly. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, anyway, do you have anything you want to uh, tell me or the audience or anything you want to bring up? Even, um, even if you got like outside yeah. of like. I feel like this was a pretty good episode overall. I feel like is for Bleach fans, this is definitely going to be um, either a treat or at least some entertainment. <laughs> um, one of those, right? But the Bleach episode finally came, so that's pretty dope. Um, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, ch- check us out for next episode where we get a little bit more personal about our uh, YouTube struggles, uh, the year in review, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, yeah, check out both of our Bleach videos. Those are finally both up. 
Uh, like, comment, and subscribe. We're trying to hit, I don't know, 1,000 subscribers to get the community tab. Yep, yep, uh, yep. Thanks for listening. Uh, BR, do you have anything else to say? Nah, hope you guys enjoyed and hope to see you guys next week for another episode of the Honor Ones podcast. All right, peace.